1: If they were needed for the war effort, then the Quartermaster would have locked the door or at least placed a guard, wouldn't he?
0: Hello and welcome to CORE. This is CORE for December 1st, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. We're here to talk about the world of video games. By the way, that right there, he is my salt spire of Darktide, this guy.
1: If they were needed for the war effort.
0: That guy. He's great. The, the veteran in Darktide? Yeah, he's awesome. If they needed the thing, you heard of here. He just got kind of a hottie sort of uh, Salt Spire, vermintide kind of vibe to him. I like it a lot. Anyway, uh, we're going to do a show, and uh, it's Thursday, so that means time for CORE. And real quick, for a, uh, two things I want to get out of the way. One... Huge thanks to everybody who's been posting their stuff from their various podcast players. They all released their top 10 listen to things of the year. And we are on a lot of lists, like in the top three of people's lists, and a lot of top ones. A lot
2: of number ones. Yeah. Yeah. Especially most minutes listened to.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't help it. You listen to an episode or two, we're going to be up there.
0: Yeah. So that's really cool to see and made me uh, happy to see all that floating around today. So thank you for those. And feel free to post those. We're happy to, we're always happy to see that stuff. Uh, And then the second thing I was going to say is all this snap talk we've had on the show, Marvel snap talk we've had back and forth. I finally got a, a little uh, short interview, about 25 minutes or 20 minutes or so, with Brian Ibbett, a uh, super fan of the game. The guy who has every card and has had him since the beta before the game even launched, and by now he's probably got all the new stuff that came out today. Anyway, we did a little short interview, and I put it up on the feed uh, just for fun, just for a little extra. Is he going to play Midnight Suns? He is. He down. He's bought it. Uh, he got it on his PlayStation 5. He's so funny. He got it on his PS5 so he could play it on his tablet. Because he wants to do PS5 remote play to his iPad. That's how okay. he'll play it. And I think that's weird. He has a Steam Deck. No, I would have it it That s- is weird. It's a little weird. That is weird. Yeah. just a
3: little
2: weird. Is just it, is a touch control? is it touch control? No, like it'll
0: can, still be. He'll still have to sync a controller, which is partly why it's weird. Okay, it's weird. Yeah, it's a little (laughs) bit weird. Um, But I would... I mean, the console versions look great. Uh, He has a Steam Deck, so I would have probably gotten it on there. But I also get the idea of playing it on your big TV. That'd be fun. Hearing good things. Uh, John, I see you own it, but you haven't played it yet.
3: Uh, Uh, Midnight Suns? Yeah, because it comes out tomorrow.
0: Oh, I thought it was out today. Is it? Did you pre-order that?
3: I did pre-order it, yeah.
0: Okay, so you gave money to Firaxis just to hold on to in their bank and earn interest on. So the, yeah, for a whole day,
3: <laughs> like oh my oh, you gosh! Bought, you bought it yesterday. I hope they, I don't hope they don't get a new car with all the interest they're getting for my day early yeah. pre-order that I gave for Axis. Uh, I'm just giving you a shit. Uh, they, they probably on my purchase.
0: Did they give you anything cool? Like, uh, you get any bonusy things, or you know, characters, or anything cool, or is it just?
2: I think you have to spend $120 Canadian for the legendary edition. Oh.
3: I don't think I got anything for pre-ordering. I think I just, here's the thing I like Foraxis, They make good games. I read reviews. Reviews came out early, which, Hey, is part of why we say don't pre-order games. Wait for reviews. I That's did. Yep. Um, and the reviews were really good. Very glowing, very positive. There are people saying this is literally the best Marvel video game ever made. Yeah. Um, And it sounds super cool. It sounds like a game I'm going to love. And as we often say on the show, there's a a frequency to say this, but XCOM. Yeah. You know, and uh, finally, we're getting to that. People are making this, but XCOM games. And Mm. I I want one. And uh, I'm really excited for it.
0: I am, too. I'm very excited about this game. Um, I hear it is very heavy, surprisingly heavy. On the relationshipy stuff. And so yeah. I thought of you because I, I know you like dating sims. Uh, you know, some of that stuff is, is your jam. And don't get weird at home, everybody. I'm not talking about like porny games. I mean, like, you know, the ones where you're trying to romance a character, like the Kentucky Fried Chicken one we played around with back in the day. Not well, that, not that that was, but your there's pick, no
3: but, romantic relationships. You're not going to get to you know go bone Spider-Man. No, like it's not it's not happening. But you can become Spider-Man's friend.
0: You're right.
2: There's uh, going to
3: be a mod for
0: sure. <laughs> 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 Very well, might be. But right, it's it's like you know friendshipping and and all that and and uh, apparently those mechanics are pretty interesting and and more than people thought there would be in there. And I'll, I'm hearing it's one of the best stories in any Marvel game ever. Based on one of the best comic story runs, which I have read uh, most of, I think. So I'm really excited about that game. And uh, I guess it is tomorrow. So hold on to your butts, everybody. Team says December 2, 2022. It's a big, and that leads me to the whole point of our uh, kind of our open here. Like kind of across the board, big releases this this weekend. World of Warcraft Dragonflight came out on Tuesday. Uh, John's plan. Yeah. We're going to find out how that is from John a little bit later. Uh, Dark Tide is now officially out. And uh, John Bo has spent all his time in that damn game. Um, I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop. I've only been able to dip my toe in a little. Tomorrow's my big day to play some, so I'm very excited about it. Uh, Marvel Midnight Suns, as we mentioned. Calista, uh, the Callisto Protocol. Not the Callista Flockhart Protocol. Very different thing.
3: <laughs> yeah, You <laughs> um, see a bunch of dancing babies, and then you date Harrison Ford.
0: There you have it. Now, I'm a little annoyed because my... My every fiber of whatever my brain is made of uh, is convinced that this was announced as a Game Pass day one game, Callisto protocol, and it isn't. I can't find where I got that impression. I can't find it anywhere. Maybe I thought the Dead Space remake was or something. I don't know, but I was sure there was a Microsoft event, they announced. Callisto Protocol, or at least talked about it more and showed some more gameplay, and then said gay, Day One Game Pass, and now everybody and their dog is telling me I'm wrong, and they're right because I am wrong. I went and tried to find. It's not. It's not on Game Pass, or won't be, and I'm annoyed by that. It's okay. I think
3: the Dead Space remake is a Game Pass game, and
0: maybe that's what I did. I flipped them because you know these are ex Dead Space people making the, this Callisto Protocol thing, and you know it's easy to mix those up so there's my excuse i've easily well, mixed up i want to live in
3: your world because i bought the game and oh. uh, if i lived in your world i could return the game that's <laughs> right it came out on game pass that's but right i didn't
0: where'd you uh so you got on pc i assume
3: yeah
1: uh
0: and it hits tomorrow 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 and do we haven't are- both of them
3: I pre-ordered both. Now I didn't. So while we're talking about things John did that were fine and things that John did that are not fine, pre-ordering Midnight Suns, fine. There's reviews out for it. It's confirmed to be pretty good. I know jack shit about Callisto Protocol. There is no reason I should have pre-ordered that game, but I did because I was pre-ordering Midnight Suns, and I was like, like I'm only gonna check out once. The mo- the yeah, money was true. flowing. <laughs> it's so hard. To yep. Check out. Yep. That's it. I was like, "Look, I'm buying. T- it's it's now or what never. If it's it's like happening or not."
2: Nu- Nukem Forever levels of bad. Well, it's then like- I return it. You just return like, it. Yeah.
3: It's a, oh, the beauty return of Steam. Now it- yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah preorders is a little. Yeah. Okay. The uh, a few days before pre-order, not such a bad deal. The Steam refunds are a thing.
0: Yeah. They only, they, the only the the rules are, and I've even seen them break this rule. They've broken it for me before if I had a big enough problem. But it's supposed to be two hours or less of gameplay, and they'll give you a return no matter what your reasons are. So John could play it for an hour and go, boy, this is a stinker, and they'll take it back. No big deal. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I did with Soulstone Survivors. Yeah, that's
2: and uh-huh. Pathfinder Path of the Righteous. Well, that I game I get done it. it
0: with Soulstone Survivors. Oh. I kept trying. It's so good. You guys are insane on that one.
2: I feel no, that- we have different insanities. Mine was just no buttons, but John had very well. John, it's it's what is it like? It's like how Slay the Spire is still forever the best single-player card game even though all the other ones do amazing things yeah. they're like trying too hard to be special and what i want is just a better version of slay the spire if someone's gonna do something new i think that john feels about
3: Vampire vampires i
0: get that oh, you know what
2: great yeah, comparison that's actually Same spot
3: term. on that's a hundred percent spot on
0: that's fair i can i can live with that that makes perfect sense and, I, I, and what the great news is is there's something
2: for everyone yeah and they're all wonderful. I found
0: I found one North this Survivors. week that I think even John is going to like for the reasons he likes <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Vampire Survivors. I think I found it for you, John. We'll talk about it later, but I got I got a winner for you. Okay, one that might turn you, one that might make you go, "Boy, the OG is pretty good," but this here's a good take, is what you'll say.
3: We'll see. <laughs> uh, Vampire Survivors is a damn near perfect thing that it is. So it's a it's a hard wall to scale because it is the perfect what it is game
0: i mean it's hard for me to deny that i think the perfect you know what for what it is it is perfect and i think that Soulstone survivors is a really great move forward for from the perfect thing if you are okay with iterating on the perfect thing because you know some people might say well warcraft world of warcraft was the perfect thing and then this uh this uh final fantasy 14 came around and and you know that's that's just the same kind of thing. You're just tab targeting and doing all the same shit you were doing before. But you know, I've always thought I, I, I don't like that idea. I don't ever, I never, I never liked the idea that one game did it. Therefore, that's the only good one. I hate that. I'm not. It's not what you're saying. I know you're not saying that because everything's right. iteration. But like you were just, you were just embracing the idea of this, but ex, but XCOM as a general rule, and I agree with it. Um, and so for whatever reason in this Vampire Survivor world, these other games are working for me in that way that XCOM works for Midnight Suns or a million other games. So anyway, yeah,
3: yeah. Just something. It's a good branching off point.
0: Yes. Very well said. Um, all right. Well, Oh, one other note here and I'm going to put up a little uh, preview. I happen to be, I have been for about a year and I haven't talked about it, but I've been working on a new card game. uh, I saw
2: you pulling Johnsons. Yeah,
0: much more ambitious than previous. And uh, this is basically me taking what I learned and moving forward with the idea. Um, It's for Dungeon Murder is the name of the damn thing. And I don't want to give too much away, except it is really shaping up. Like, I'm getting close to where I can not only start showing more of it, talking about rules to people. Uh, I got some test decks on their way to me right now. Got a bunch of artwork done. Like I'm really stoked about it. So uh, stick around, uh, or you great. know, hang around to core, and we'll let you know when this thing happens and what what's going what's going on with
3: it. This is super exciting. What was the name of the last one?
0: Uh, Rock, oh, Rock Rock Runners Black was the last one.
3: Okay, um, I knew I didn't have the right name for it. I have always referred to that game since the moment you told me about it till now. I call that game by the wrong name. I call it Space Rocks. And all you sh- the time. I
0: don't blame you. That's what it was supposed to be called in the beginning. It's, <laughs> I it's, have
3: always called it Space Rocks.
0: It's Gary Wood's fault because he was supposedly making some tabletop thing called Space Rocks, which I had not heard of that he was doing. So when I heard that, I reached out to him and he said, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. And I said, all right, well, I don't want to step on any toes. So I came up with Rock Runners. Fine. It worked. Whatever. But he still hasn't made whatever the F he was going to do. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> We're, we're
2: all he's friends. He's
3: too busy writing Rogue One.
0: Yeah, he's too, too busy so <laughs> cashing Star Wars
2: checks to, to do it. Um like, wanna, would you like to work on Star Wars or would you like to work on... On your space little... Rocks?
3: <laughs> your you space race, Rocks. You want to finish Space Rocks or uh, work on Star Wars? You decide. I'll put this
0: one aside and we'll work on some And Star I do Wars. want to share this one card. Um, I, I'm going to be a little vague about it, but this card that I'm showing on the, to the chat, people at home will try to describe it. In the corner, it tells you that it's worth 2,000 gold. Uh, it's an action card there's a whole class of cards called action cards on there is a, a blue dragon that i drew and it's this card is called dragon threat uh its effect is all players are in inti- and you can play up to uh, two to five players all players are intimidated by your blue dragon they each give you two thousand gold to make it leave it
2: brings back memories of the men's locker room back in high school yeah baby pulling out that <laughs> blue dragon, dragon. <laughs>
3: Please, just yeah. put they were, were like on. dude it's I'll blue 2, go to the doctor gold i'm
0: really excited about it though so as soon as i've got more to show I, it looks this, great
2: it looks great there needs to be a dragon beef card
0: maybe <laughs> people have been saying like you sneak nash in there put in some other stuff like they want me to put all this like hidden hooch mm-hmm. maybe i'm not saying it won't
3: dragon beef is a good one dragon beef is pretty good maybe you don't that's put subtle nash enough in. to not be over
2: yeah maybe you don't put nash in but maybe you make a baby arm card that if you get it you can play it and your passive is you have a baby arm
0: well, the way this works or what do you call it? Nature's, nature's
2: <laughs> Make pocket. <a> nature's
1: pocket.
3: <laughs> no. no. We would all know what it was.
0: You guys will like this. I have a whole so there's properties in this game, like uh dungeon locations. Like oh, nice. sacrificial pyre, which includes two locations, the bone lodestar and the ceremonial hold. Those are all kind of standard, oh my but God. my favorite is probably <laughs> It's awesome. My favorite one probably is this one, which is Undead Archer Regiment, which is Fletching Huts, Vitamin Baths, and Organ Rejuvenation Plates. So those are those are the three things there.
2: Um, I'm excited to see how it all comes together.
0: Yeah, you'll like it. Colossal Ogre platoons includes halfling brain mulchers, (laughs) uh, spiked club manufacturing facility, and artisan bread bakery.
3: Anyway, now yeah, they are called ogres in this game. They're yeah, they're ogres. Orcs. They're
2: not orgs, dude. <laughs> I thought of you while I was. Well, we'll it. see. We'll see once it gets published. We won't know <laughs> until the publisher's <laughs> new <certificate>. set.
0: <laughs> well, Kickstarter coming soon. I'll let you guys know when, and it's going to be neat. I'm very excited about it. I want to be playing With this game by the first effect. of the year. Uh, all right. I'm let's, excited. Uh, well, I'll, uh, me too. It's, it's taking a ton of work, but it's fun coming together, and I'm feeling good about it feeling very creative about it Are
2: there going to be gold tokens or do you have to bring your own gold tokens
0: Uh the to- the gold is all represented in the cards themselves so you don't have to have any nice stuff okay. i
2: was like where am i going to find two thousand gold and if that's one card i'm going to need like so many gold pieces oh yeah
0: it'll all make sense once you see it but their cards are worth different amounts um sorry i
2: shouldn't ask questions you're pulling johnson's not trying to explain the whole thing yeah
0: like this now. johnson is oh, man it's already it's all out everyone can see it now you can see my johnson now i can see your blue dragon <laughs> oh my lord all right it's time for us to dive into this week's patreon thing of the week uh this is Whoa. a question we got <laughs> The Question We got a from a uh, before you
2: play that song, I took a shit.
0: Uh, it'll, it's a brown noise generator, yeah. Um, yeah. they're like everything on the Atari 2600, it made everybody poop their pants, <laughs> anyway. Uh, we got a couple of them here. We're going to read one from Xavier Payne and one from Ismail Kwasnili because both of them have MMO questions and we're sort of going to mush them up here. So, um, he says, uh, What does your ideal MMO look like? Now be thinking of that as I read this next one, It says speaking of MMOs, this is what Ismail says, to what extent do or to what extent you all agree Wow over the years, specifically from mid Wrath of the Lich King until recent expansion, has removed the role playing element and just become a MMOG instead of an MMORPG. I recall telling my friend who uses a hunter that the day Blizzard removed ammo for bows and guns is when the role playing element had died. It's an interesting take. Um, so yeah, taking that in mind and knowing that, you know, despite its issues, flaws in recent years, uh, wow is still, I assume the biggest MMO in the market. Although I would, I,
3: I would I, think that's a safe statement. Yeah, I think that's fair. To I say. think it's
0: probably still true. I don't think final Fantasy's had, it's definitely had a moment here where it probably rivaled those numbers, um, at, at its, at its height of its recent expansion itself. But but yeah, WoW, WoW is still the you know a thing to be reckoned with. The new expansion seems to be performing well. We'll we'll get John's take uh, when we get to what we played. But uh, with all the MMOs we've played and messed around with, I've been messing with ESO this last week. Uh, you know, we're always poking our heads in and out. Uh, less bow overall, or you know, overall. But you still, you know, you played WoW. You 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 you'll get into an MMO here and there, right?
2: Bo? I'm not against the MMO. I just don't. I have hours logged in other things, I suppose. That's maybe... Right. I feel like less of an expert... Right. ...because of of my slash time-slash played, but there were periods of time when I played tons of World of Warcraft.
0: Yeah, kind of nonstop, right? Same. Yeah. Well, um, so it's kind of a broad question to say what is our ideal MMO and taking into account things like, you know, when did the role-play part of it end? I would actually argue, well... So a lot of people don't know this, but very early in the WoW days, uh, I, I palled around with Veronica Belmont, and we role-played everything. And I don't don't get weird on I me. Mean, it wasn't like that. She's like my sister. But like our characters. So we would mm-hmm. role-play in cities, and we would role-play when we'd quest together, and we'd do all this stuff. And we really enjoyed it. It was fun, a really fun way to play the game. We chose Earthen Ring for that reason at the time, because it was a RP server, and I felt like... That opportunity was always down to us wanting to do it. It was never the game um, being good at encouraging it or discouraging it. We just, you make the choice to do it or you don't. And I don't think it's actually fair to blame, certainly not a mechanic like losing ammo for for hunters as the day that stuff died. Like, well, who was who was role-playing Aero Supply? That's weird. <laughs> They're like, damn it, I just can't get into it anymore. Yeah, I was like, I, th- did the orcs all go, oh, me need more arrows. <laughs> Go back to town, get arrows. Like, and then suddenly every, you can do that.
2: Every rule set, whether it's a TTRPG or a rule, like a video game, you know, is just, a, it's never going to be a perfect simulation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So like, maybe there's something that ruins the fantasy for you specifically like this. for just going to be generous about that ruined it for you. But I think what we're really talking about, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a period of time when online gaming felt magical. Mm. And I don't think it's an age thing. I think it's because the story of gaming superseded gaming itself. So there was a period of time where all I knew is that there were online games and strangers to play with that might do weird things like, which is what you just talked about. Right. Or pretend to be a military platoon. I don't know them it's almost like sometimes they're fantasy characters. If you're doing it right, in PlanetSide, I was in a guild where it was a literal drill sergeant, like he would yell and call us names and get us to do stuff. It was fun. I was like, wow, it's like I'm in the military. It's like a, it's an experience. Now we know who streamers are. Now we see reviews. Now we can we know we're playing with people we know and chat with on ten different chat services. The kind of fantasy of like I'm on the internet playing with a German, and Jeez. he's like pretending to be a wizard, you know, like that era of that, that, that um not nubile, what's the word, that naivete that sort of came along or that magic that came along with online gaming where we're in video game Dungeons & Dragons. I better stop talking like my dwarf. Yeah. You know, like we just don't do that as much because we know, uh, what if they find out I'm at Bo Schwartz on Twitter and they're like, that guy was trying to ERP me as a dwarf in World of Warcraft, yeah. you know, like it's just – We kind of ruined online games a bit with everything else, but it was inevitable because you stopped the technological juggernaut from advancing.
0: I tend to agree with that take. I think that um, that's part of the reason. But I also happen to know that right now, whether we like it or not, there are thousands of players playing and role-playing. They're role-playing in these games. They're just not telling us about it. Like There are people that still enjoy that. And there was nothing to stop me from doing it when I was doing it with Veronica and there was nothing t- stopping me from doing it again. Now, like it, the yeah. game, still the worlds allow for it. It's just, you know, I, I I didn't feel so much like the naivete was going away. It was more like, well, that was a phase that I played, and it was fun, and I enjoyed it. But now we're running this guild, and we and you know, it's just more practical now, or whatever. John, I'm curious your take on on that aspect of it, and and does that and does that whole question about how much role play is in this game, how much does that how much does that lead into whether that's in an MMO you want or not? If that makes sense.
3: Yeah, I I think it's an interesting topic because I I do disagree with the notion that it it's not a game that you can role play in anymore. I think that that's that's wrong, but I do think that. There's kind of two ways you can interpret this. Like, when is it being a role-playing game and that it's a game where you can role-play in going away versus what we traditionally think of as a role-playing game? Where did it switch more into an uh, action-style game? And I think that's a little more muddied as to where you could say that happened. I think WoW is just as much an RPG as it has always been. I don't think much has changed. But I think that there was a moment for me uh, in my WoW history where it broke. And I I literally did tell this to two Blizzard devs at a party one year at BlizzCon. And it was probably the most, like, alien conversation I ever had with a Blizzard dev. Because I didn't understand them, and they clearly didn't understand me. But uh, there was a quest in Legion, I think. Pretty sure it was Legion. Um, where you go and you meet some uh, some tauren, and they're like, ah, we got to get it, we got to get out of here. And then some goblins move in, and it becomes very clear that some goblins moved in and murdered this Torin family, and then took over their house. Yeah. And then the goblins keep sending you on quests, and it's very obvious through the entire thing that they are murderers and that they're bad people and that they killed the, this poor Torin family and are now making you do chores to help facilitate their further crimes. Um, and it's it's done a little tongue-in-cheek, um, but it was it's one of my least favorite quests in the history of World of Warcraft, because one, it makes your character an idiot. Like, everybody knows that these goblins murdered these tauren, and your character just continues to be like, oh, okay, let me help you. Uh, <laughs> yes, it does unlock the gullible title at the end. Um, and there's no point where you get to call them on it and be like, hey, you know, I think you guys are bad guys. Um, You just, you continue to accept the quest, you continue to do the thing, or you walk away from it, right? Like, that's always a possibility, too, although WoW has never been good about just walk away from it. It's always been a, no, accept the quest and do the thing. And it always bugged me because it always felt like it's being very tongue-in-cheek with life and death in the world, not taking it very seriously. And I think... WoW has always been a little tongue-in-cheek at times, but serious when it needed to be. And this felt like kind of meanly casual about murder and stuff like that. Yeah. And then to go on so far as to call you uh, gullible for then, when they finally do reveal that they're murderers and you, you fight them, they give you the, the gullible title. And I remember complaining about this quest to, uh, to two people who worked at Blizzard, and they're like, yeah, but it's funny. And so I was like, they, no, they, it isn't.
0: They didn't get it.
3: I, I, I was like, but it isn't funny. I was like, because you made my character stupid yeah. and you took my ability to role play in the world out of it, and you just told me a story about how stupid I am for doing quests. Yeah, like that's and that's against the principle of the game you're designing. Yeah. and they're like, yeah, but didn't you think it was funny? <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I don't know what else to tell you. I think it's the worst quest line you've ever done in the game. Well, wow. and that was that was about the, and then we went our separate ways because we were clearly not going to be seeing eye to eye on this. Yeah. You still um, talk to those
0: devs? Yeah, he's still no. hanging out.
2: All the
3: time. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know what job they had at Blizzard. I don't talk to them.
0: a weekly um, Zoom call at John's house with the devs. Uh, <laughs> still fighting. Still still arguing about it. Okay. I mean, yeah,
2: yeah, I, that, but. I get what you're saying though. I, I can, I mean, that's, there's a lot of aspects to the wow experience that are like that.
1: <clears yeah. <clears <throat> Where yeah. the story
2: is something you passively experience cause you're doing the thing, like you said. So sometimes when it's just too far, then it's like, I don't have any agency.
3: Yeah. You have to be, you have to be careful with that. Like it's fine to have only the illusion of agency in a story, but you have to at least have that illusion. Or you have to at least develop a strong enough narrative to where the players feel like, yeah, this is what I would want to do. This is the direction I would want to go. And even if it isn't, maybe they understand well, this is what my character should be wanting to do. Mm. And I, I feel like every now and then WoW does step on the toes of that. Um, they they don't offer a lot of choice or unique options. And um, I, I so I think in that regard, I do think there is an element of you know, this isn't really a role-playing game. I'm just kind of being told a story. So I think there's a little credit to what they're saying in that regard. Um, But every now and then, wow, we'll dabble outside of it. You know, wow, I'll give you a quest where it's like, hey, this guy did a thing. Do you want to go? There really is one where it's like punch him. Do you want to kick him? Do you want to tickle him? Like they give you like a soft option if if you're not into torturing a prisoner sort of deal. Sure. It's like... Uh, okay, at least you gave me the choice. At least I get to make a narrative decision for my character. Um, Even if the end result is he gives us the information, right? Like Sometimes just telling a player you get to pick how you get to that decision, that's role-playing. Do you think it's even
0: feasible that there's a game in the future that say instead of that rote linear experience you're describing where you can maybe have two or three little options from soft to hard during part of it, but for the most part this story is being told to you and you're accepting it as the character living in that world. Do you think there's a future where something like the disco Elysium level of decision-making and conversation tree stuff can coexist as a layer in an, in an MMO where the world is a, you know, is, is big and interactive and open and full of players all making similar decisions. I mean, this feels like we may be, maybe there's a future,
3: the Old Republic got really close. In fact, they <coughs> kind of notoriously went so hard on it, uh, on like branching paths and play your way, that they really had to rein it in because they got to a weird place where uh, major characters were alive for some players and dead for others. And they had to do some real, like, creative story sidestepping because they had unfortunately branched the narratives off in such a long way uh that's so wide they had to find a way to rein it back in. Yeah. yeah. Um and I think that's always going to happen in a in a consistently going uh you know persistent game like an MMO you know branching off is really fun but eventually that becomes not sustainable to keep doing. Yeah. Um so it has to be done with a lot of planning in mind. Yeah. Um and and I think I think the better route is what games like Final Fantasy XIV do. Uh, they they offer you choices. Like it, it's becoming more and more common in FF 14, where they'll give you a bunch of choices, and that lets you put a little imprint of your character on there. But if you play multiple times, if you play with somebody else and you get to see what those different options are. You very quickly realize how not different the outcomes are. Right. But sometimes, again, just letting players feel like they had that agency is more important than actually giving them the freedom that players say they want. We,
2: we were just talking about the feeling of role play, right? To sort of just bring it back to the question was just was, um, you know, what pulls it out? And for you, it's <clears throat> the sense that that your character is being put into. The fantasy of your character is being dictated by the authors. Yeah, your agency is being been taken. Yeah. In in the video game form, like, yeah, the quest is the quest, but allow me to express my version of my character while I'm interacting. And that sort of route, you know, the role-playing. That's mm-hmm. the role-playing part. Right. So you're playing the role of gullible idiot in that quest line you discussed, and that's you have no choice. Right. So, yeah.
0: It feels like there's an opportunity – for some machine learning AI stuff to kick in when it comes to NPCs and conversation trees. When I, when I ended up playing around with that character dot AI stuff and basically it's basically a glorified Zork, except it's happening in real time and nothing's predetermined. I did get a few, there were a few times in that process. It certainly could be tightened up, but there were times in that process where I was like, Oh man, this might be actually the future of this part of a game. Like I'm not saying the entire game's run this way, but, but being able to make really interesting, varied choices that no one else thought of to do. And then the game reacting to me in a way that's, that's meaningful. I think there's a future there. Um, and one of the few futures of for AI and machine learning that I actually think sounds cool as opposed to most of it sounds like garbage, but
2: yeah. And maybe that well, stuff also gets offloaded on local servers cause it's right. Probably tough to run that stuff on your own machine, but I assume so. I don't know. Probably. That's
0: a really good question. Like it would have to be, mostly remote i mean that's
2: that's where this is a very side tangent so i'll spend very little time on it but that's where the whole streaming a video game versus running it to me when we talk about stadia leveraging it it's like do powerful shit on your local server so that we can meet the minimum requirements of some ai program we couldn't like 10 ais in city we
3: couldn't run them all but you could potentially run them all you know so yeah yeah um, yeah. I, I'm. I think we see it uh, like Chat's mentioning red, green, blue. Mass Effect. People still hate the Mass Effect three three choices ending, mm. and they hate it because it's seeing too much behind the curtain. It's them literally going pick A, B, or C, forgetting the fact that Mass Effect trilogy as a whole, like, is incredible. Even Mass Effect three, like, you yes, it ends with a decision between three things, but. Was Tali alive in your playthrough? Was Morden? Did you know Morden Solus could be alive? Was Rex in your playthrough of Mass Effect 3 at all? Because sometimes he's (laughs) dead in one. Like, that game is so vastly different based on your decisions that, like, it actually works. It actually is a beautiful branching narrative. But because it culminates in three decisions, people think it's bad. Yeah. And I think that's where... I think there's an interesting discussion to be had about how this game that is actually successful at what it sets out to do, which is let you craft a narrative across multiple games that can fluctuate wildly depending on the decisions you make, how it can lose that illusion from one single choice at the very end, even though it executed it perfectly 98% of the time.
2: Yeah, The answer to your question is the ending of Disco Elysium is what Mass Effect should have done. Oh,
3: I got to get, I got to get to the end. Of this
2: I don't want to spoil it, but like, so mass effect three super epic and it's three decisions, right? Like that's sort of the tenor right? saving the galaxy, blah, blah, blah. Disco Elysium is how terrible of a human being can I be? And how depressed can I feel going through it? Um, But the way the, the denouement for word of the week, <laughs> the denouement, the unraveling of the plot into a conclusion and you move, you go leave the theater is well executed and reflects on the choices you've made in the playthrough. Yes. So all those like things may have something to do with the end and gets mentioned or assessed or, you know, like put into what's included at the end in a satisfying way. mm mm-hmm. And none of that's in Mass Effect, right? <laughs> make it through the mission, three choices. At Deus Ex, Human Revolution had the same thing. You make it to the end. Not that it's known for button, its branching, but button. it's like right. four buttons. What do you do, bro? Right. You know? And then the sequel comes along. It's like, actually, you push button two. So what was the point of that? You know. And, <laughs> uh, and same with Andromeda, right? I assume it canonically, a button was also pushed Probably. in Mass Effect 3. So it's hate to accuse them of laziness because they worked hard on the game and a lot of effort, Like It's a great game video game, but it is like, a this is too hard. Three buttons. Here you go. Well, the would
0: you, so by. somebody who's DM'd a lot of D, uh, D and D the ultimate freedom RPG where people can truly explore their characters and make broad decisions and all this. Do you feel like is the ending the hardest thing to stick? Like, to make well, it satisfying for I mean, like, the,
2: the I think the word I would use as a shining example of endings is Lord of the Rings, right? There's like half a book is the ending. Like everyone, the story has got to stop somewhere and a poem is never finished, only abandoned. Right. So no matter what, if you really liked the journey you're on, you're going to feel bad on some level probably. But what's satisfying is just, is having an ending. Uh, what is it? Um, So, so the tragedy. I think it's in in tragedy. It's an ending that's both. um, I can't remember now. It's 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 like you can see the problem, but you can empathize with the problem, so you feel both at the same time, and you get release. Oh, there's comedy. It's the ending that's both surprising and inevitable, so you feel surprise. Yeah, but you also feel like how could it have happened any other way? Of course it did, but I'm surprised by it. That's like if you can intersect that feeling, then that's great. And so there's like this sort of release that you get from a good conclusion and then in like fantasy stories and stuff if you want more lore if you just want to satisfy an ending then you lord of the rings it where it's like yeah we're gonna go back to the shire we're gonna say goodbye to everyone we're gonna have dinner before you get on the boat and go off forever and like mass effect being a long journey world of warcraft being a long journey like conclusions Lazy conclusions are 80s action movies. The bad guy's dead. Mwah, 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 mwah. I'm going to kiss the beautiful girl. Credits. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, I like the movie, but really just like, it's like, you know, work's done. It's five o'clock time to punch out. It's like, you just want some satisfying uh, information to leave off with to sort of finish that, that journey you're on. And we have a huge habit of being like, great. We did the we did the end where you were surprised and inevitable credits. Yeah. We're out of money. <laughs> We're out of production money. <laughs> we have to stop filming and send this thing to the theater. Um, and we can't take the time to deliver a truly epic ending.
0: Um, it's the reason Westerns have Right Off Into the Sunset. It's something that evokes – it's cheap and easy, okay, and you overused, no question. But the concept worked because it said a lot. It said you're done with the shootouts. You've you've saved the town. The sheriff's back. You don't need to be here anymore. You're going to ride off, and that implies he's riding off to new adventures, new things. Yeah. Who knows what's out there? Your imagination fills in it's all these
2: It's a version boys. of happily ever after. Because, yeah. like, fairy tales kind of, you know, we get the gist happily ever after. The thing is, our tastes, in 2023, our taste and appetite for fantasy and fiction and lore is, like, you know, not what it was 100 years ago no. or before Lord of the Rings existed, right? Mm. You know, but yeah. I think there are even probably in your English Liddy classes – you know, great books that have long, expansive endings. I just can't think of one. Maybe a Thomas Hardy book. I've read a few of those. Yeah. Not Tom Hardy. No. Not Mad <laughs> Max Thomas
0: Hardy, Road. The, uh,
2: the English author. Um, you know, you might have these conclusions that actually take some time to get to where it needs to be. But in a book, you got time, right? It's up to the author. Sure. put can put that time in? But in
3: film... Yeah, but even then, work. some of the most brief, like endings like um i don't know if, if either of you ever read the actual book to i am legend i have yeah like yeah. that it's very good. that ending kind of comes out of nowhere yeah like it's it's pretty quick it feels like and like has stuck with me all my life e- e- well ever since i read it i right. didn't read one, maybe but like ever <laughs> since i read it I, I it's like stuck with me and it's very very quick and it doesn't tell you too much. It doesn't really linger on it. It's just, it's like, it's over. This is why it's called I am legend. And now go live with it. Yeah. And it's effective in that regard. Like I walked away from it going, wow, I got a lot. I got to think about <laughs> about yeah. this book.
0: To me, it's uh, the ending of the Sopranos again, a different medium, but uh, it's controversial that ending, but The way that ended, I thought was perfect. It was perfect. It left me in a place where I didn't quite know what happened. I didn't know what it meant, but I kind of did. But part of it didn't matter because Tony Soprano's story and his arc so far had led him to this. And it was up to me to kind of fill in some blanks. Like it worked for me. It was like a, I don't know, it was like a participation ending uh, that I I got to play in. And I like that. And I'm not saying video games can get away with that as easy. I think also drawing things out helps. Red Dead Redemption 1 has got an amazing, I think, an amazing ending arc where it doesn't just end. There's a whole other bit, and it really is satisfying. Um, So the stuff can be done, but again, we're talking about crafted endings. I think if I'm to answer this question after all of this discussion in a simple way, it would be figure out a way to create the complexity and the sense the true sense of agency but also have it be a video game where things sort of have to be structured in a way especially a big open world where everyone's in the world you can't just destroy it so others can't play it um there's got to be a balance there and i don't think anybody's quite hit it there's been an innovation certainly you know questing in general was just completely thrown on its side when when wow was first uh released And nothing was doing it like they did. I mean, that changed everything about it. But now they all do what WoW does. Uh, And some of them do it better with cutscenes and audio and everything else. But I think that we're now ready. I think we're at the edge of like, what's the next innovation? And maybe it isn't even called MMOs then. I don't know what we call them. But there's something, we're on the edge of something. And
3: I MMO think RPG, like every game is an MMO these right. days.
0: Yeah.
2: Kind of MMORPG yeah. as is a term is outdated. I don't know what the people who were making them were thinking, but my sense from all of it was, is it was a video game replication of what we were doing at the D and D table, but we could have more than four people, you know, we could have more than four people. And then it turned into another thing, you know, like world firsts and, and rating is so not antithetical to what you're doing at a TTRPG table it's not role-playing at all. It's got, it's an e-sport. It's nothing, nothing to do with anything when it comes to virtualizing in the computer space, a world of imagination. Right. So you picture like the devs or the DM of your RPG session and tastes and, and culture has changed in the space. Yeah. I don't know. I, I often think like I've imagined an MMO I've imagined sort of iterating on the planet side MMO, in particular, and part of it would be not just PvP, but having PvP elements in a persistent world. And I, w- the thing I always keep coming back to is that each of the servers that are running would be manned by like a hostess mm. or a waiter, like some. I just use those words; those probably aren't the right words, but there's someone that the company hires that runs the server and the events. They see what's happening on the map. They have their view and they can pick quest lines live for, you know, um, four players to go after. So let's say it's the quest is all three factions. They all got to fight over this one territory, Great. Um, go fight over the territory. And then a skirmish happens in one area that doesn't seem to break up. So he drops a giant robot dinosaur in that area. And all of a sudden, everyone's getting pwned and they all got to work together. And, you know, and like, so that you have a player who's a representative of the company and the game's designed in such a way as they can, no one can go to a Wikipedia and figure out what that guy's going to do because that guy's like DMing the server. Right. And that doesn't exist yet. And I'm like, we should have that. Like we are paying a subscription fee. Some of that money should go to pay a salary for a guy to DM the server I'm on. But we haven't, we've, we've stopped because I think the games have gotten really big and big business has kind of taken over to say what are the efficiencies of exploiting revenue and what people find say they find fun. And yeah. we're in this rut. We're like a car that like can't get out of mud mm. because it just works for the business and it works just enough for us and no one's doing anything innovative.
0: Well, for anyone to do it, for employees to be the macro DM role like you're talking about, which I totally agree with, would be rad. I remember, I mean, this is kind of the point of the multiplayer stuff you could do with Neverwinter Nights back in the day, but it was a small, you know, small group in one DM and they kind of treated it like just digital... D&D, except within the rules of the game. Um, If they did that here, they'd have to do it. They couldn't do it per player. That's not practical at all, because you've got millions of people playing, and you can't have...
2: No, no, no. You can't hire an employee per person.
0: No, but you could do world stuff. Like, you could do... This dragon's happening now and it's in the middle of town, like per server. Somebody's in charge of a server's various, uh, you know, I, I think that there's actually merit to that. I think that'd be really cool. Even during primetime hours, whether it's like, okay,
2: from three in the afternoon to midnight, we'll have somebody running events on the server. And, you know, it takes a lot. It would take a lot of pre-planning so that the options they had available to them were fresh, but they could drop quests and then you could make the name the name of a god so the realm people would be praying to uh aga aga <laughs> like aga, ah, you know it like the yeah. gm the gm running the server but they're just like hey, you know i'm not here i'm not here enough prayer for aga, aga <laughs> You know, so you have people in Stormwind going, praise be to AgaMegaBullSec, drop the treasure chest quest, you know, and then pff, the sky opens up and then all of a sudden there's a big competition. It would take more of a, a, a not a quest-based like WoW type RPG, but some sort of hybrid where your interaction with the environment mattered. But like, that's the direction MMOs could take. We'll stay away from the VR space, but like definitely something, definitely an MMO where like I have a hostess who's running the experience in some way is, I think, a way in this space now to distinguish yourself as in.
0: When you said a, I'll stay MMO. away from the VR the game's space. The has got to be good too. When you said you I'll know. stay away from the VR space, John, I saw a notable r- relaxing of John's facial muscles. He chilled. Yeah, he just all, went, right, oh. all
2: right. There are MMOs in the VR space already. They're you know janky <laughs> and new, but well,
3: thanks for walking us back to yeah. that, Scott.
2: <laughs> I'm not gonna get into it, John. Jesus
0: wept. <laughs> yeah, I played one.
2: Jesus, Jesus
3: wept. wept! <laughs> yeah. Jesus wept for there were no more lands to conquer. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's right. Um,
2: but um, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I, my ideal MMO is planet side, but with more PVE elements and a hostess running the server. So I don't know if we're going to have a T-Rex or some other crazy event, and the objectives and things that happen are affected by AgaMegaBalls or whoever. I just think in general the
3: concept of an MMO has shifted so much. I mean, a lot of the ideas you're talking about, like as we have all discussed plenty, I've been playing a lot of Fortnite, and in two days Fortnite goes through an event. It's going to happen one time. You, you play on the third and you see the event or it has happened and you exist in the world outside of it. Like, that's it. I, I have no idea what's going to happen. The world's going to shift dramatically and it's going to be a whole different ballgame when it's done and we're on the other side of it. Um, there's, and they've done plenty of these, like I've seen footage of people fighting Galactus and it was like giant, you're flying through his body scale, like thing seems like a cool thing. I never participated in it. I never played it. And there's no way for me to do that because it's a like, no, we're dropping it at this moment. And you're either a part of it or you're not. And I think that sort of stuff is cool. I think that stuff is a as a neat concept and is a neat idea. I think MMOs that just continue to try to uh, sorry WoW players, I'll, I'll say nice things later that just continue <laughs> to find new land masses constantly like oh new continent yeah. new continent like I think eventually you just see, constant diminishing returns whether that's the old areas just feeling barren and empty all the time a uh you know you got capital cities with nobody in them like because everybody's just off doing the new shiny i think a world that actually evolves and changes like to me that's more compelling than this constant like stream of well, better get over to the new continent. Oh, we're out of continents. We're going to the moon. Yeah. Like, I just, it's <laughs> I not a.
2: That MMO, I think, is <laughs> Eve Online. It's not really a traditional MMO because it's space, but that's one where I know I've played years on and it seemed like some new space sector. My friend was telling me, well, this is where all the people sort of hang out. This is the main space hub. Yeah. It's heavily trafficked, it's like the storm wind except people didn't abandon it for whatever new shiny it's because that game is just, Hey, what's the new content? More space. Like, do I need to go see it?
3: <laughs> hey, more, more space. And
2: it has the full run, full run PVE and the legends and tales are largely made up of player events. I think, I think that's the one issue with Eve. It's a little dated to get into personally speaking. I agree.
0: And a more approachable not, version of Eve not, is still It's, fun. it's on my wish list. I wish they, I, I wish they, I somebody would do it, but. Maybe they should yeah. do it. I don't know.
2: I don't love it as an MMO space. I guess as
0: part, it never really clicked. Yeah, you
2: know, as a, as an MMO space, like so, it has, has all like the DNA I'd be looking for. But I just, I can't see myself spending months and months and months mm-hmm. playing the space game. Even though I really have always appreciated that game, and I love reading the PC game art, gamer articles about how one group screwed <laughs> over another group. But like the the backstabbing and wars in that game are, are kind of real.
0: My daughter has meetings um, there tomorrow – or no, next week, sorry. Um, and Eve online Yeah. At the, she's, she's still in oh, Iceland. Oh, she's going to CCP. Yeah. She's still in Iceland till the end of the month and oh, she'll be awesome. there. That's awesome.
2: That's a good idea to visit that. I, didn't I think agree. Of that.
0: Yeah. She's visited already a couple other devs, local uh, – there's a lot of dev culture in um, Iceland, it turns yeah. out. That's awesome that she's going to visit there. I know. That a, the
2: I, keep on to the, I keep on – I have all these
0: questions I wanted to ask the CCP team, but I realized, no, this is her, like – digging around for you know she's she's doing interviews so i shouldn't be interfering but i have questions you know
1: (laughs) know, i have things i want to know
0: about stuff but anyway um the only other thing i would say before we move on is usually there are one two maybe three big mmos that aren't out yet that are like on the horizon that everyone's stoked about and I think this might be the first time in a long time where that isn't actually true right now. Like the, there are a bunch of games with pending expansions and new content, and that you know wow just to had there. There's a
3: few. I can't remember what they're all called, but I know there's a there's a, there's a few. There's what uh, there's what Riot's working on. Oh, that's Riot's a lot of hype behind it. Yeah, forgot. What's the What's the other one? There's another one that's got a lot of. Is there A something lot of positivity, but I don't want to, I don't want to get the name. I mean, in the wrong.
0: riot, in riots case, I it always slips my mind because I just know how I just know it's far off. And so yeah. I don't think about it. But, um, what do you know what the other one like kind of
3: is? No, it's not Arc age. Just keep typing MMO names, chat. Uh, Ashes of Creation—that's one I hear uh,
2: a lot. So there's one called City of Titans. Apparently, I'm just looking at a list now.
3: Yeah, Ashes yeah. of Creation gets a lot of a lot of. Oh, Ashes of, of Creation, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. This and, and this actually, f- uh, Margaret. con or Kron? she was a community manager on planet side back in the day and planet side Yeah, um she's a part of the ashes of creation team so i'm like oh Oh, it's definitely an mmo
3: it looks it looks interesting uh from from what i've seen but you know again it like mmos who knows what they're going to be versus you know what they promise versus what they come out as but i think there's still a few i think If I was going to say there's one major positive about WoW kind of sucking for a period of time, it's that a lot of people went out there and tried a bunch of stuff, whether it was Final Fantasy XIV or Elder Scrolls Online or New World or whatever, and realized, like, oh, there's a lot of different things this genre can be. It doesn't have to be get from one to level 60. Here's your new continent. Here's your dungeons. Here's your raids. Like, it doesn't have to be that that format. And I feel like that there were people even beyond that. I mean, one of the best role-playing games, when you talk about people role-playing, is Grand Theft Auto Online. Yeah. Like, people have gone out there and done some weird stuff in some game spaces that are really cool and said, you know what, this exists in more than just I'm an elf with a sword. Like we're going to get out there and we're going to do some wild stuff. And I think it has made it more interesting. Again, some of the coolest stuff I've seen Fortnite, um, grand theft auto online role playing. is just a bizarre, fascinating thing. Like it has evolved. I mean, you could even make a case that like the, the stuff they're doing with dark tide, like if that got big enough and grew in such a way like that has MMO elements, destiny so dark tide is basically is certainly elements of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Dark, dark, you know, those kinds of, and there lots of games like it are basically just, you know, looking for dungeon games without yeah. the MMO. But I'm fine
0: with. I mean, I just, I guess what I want is.
2: There's another one, Paleo, <laughs> by the way. Oh,
0: sorry. Same no, thing. I'm just I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking out loud here, but like Ashes, I'm, I'm looking at the Ashes of Creation um, page. And for example, the first thing they promise on here is, um, oh, now I lost it. Hold on. Where is it? Uh, oh, here it is. From Ashes to Empires, your journey will shape the face of Vera, which is their land. It says, experience an MMO where everything is permanently impacted by your actions. Explore, trade, build, and let the world take form. From your imagination, through your will, and into everyone's reality, you will create what will be the cornerstone of the next explorer's ambition. I feel like MMOs are always pom- promising this concept of everything you do affects the world. But yeah, then they come out and they, then you're out like, and they wait
2: don't. Wait a second, it's just quest time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and i don't want that again i want Man. i want what they just said there to be a reality and i'm i'm not saying it won't be i, I can't judge it i haven't played it but um i don't know i just I, i'm ready for the next step whatever the next step is let's go that direction
2: archaeage 2 is another one there's pay, uh Archeage 2 is another one that like look graphically looks sick archaeage um, 2 yeah, and then Palea, which is just the
3: crafting oh yeah, remote. I remember the announcement trailer for Palea and thinking this thing looked interesting.
0: That's still Palea. going, still being made.
2: Yep, still being made. It was you know the announced trailer was a year ago for Palea. It looks graphically like very cartoony, really good, and it's, it's apparently it's just craft. It's like without the it's for people who like crafting and social communities. It's right. not. Right. They took out the whole having to fight monsters. I guess the part of it. I'm like, I don't know. I guess there's an audience for that. Like, sure, sure why
0: not? Yeah, you, you make other stuff compelling enough. I'd be. I'm, I'm my.
2: Arcage two. I mean, I don't really know the long term success of Arcage, but you look at these
0: trailers now, and it's like, oh man, it looks like it has sick combat. Oh yeah, Com- the combat and the g- graphics and everything looks so good. And, and, and at my home-
2: ideal fantasy yeah. MMO fights like Black Desert, you know, like yeah. just full action and spam.
0: I want a shooter one. I want something that plays like Overwatch, but is in a giant world where they can drop dinosaurs in it in real time. <laughs> that's what I want.
2: Yeah, that's Planet. This well, that's PlanetSide One, and it does not doesn't run anymore, so you can't play it. Nope. So, uh, it was also the
3: original idea server. for Overwatch. Yeah, that's
2: right.
0: It was Titan,
2: but, it's, uh,
3: it's kind of. I mean, if you want to get into why Overwatch Two also hit so low for me, is I think there was a part of me for a time when we all kind of found out that Titan became Overwatch, was like, okay, so you put Overwatch out to get people invested in the world, and then Overwatch 2 is what Titan should have been. They finally figure it out, they come together, and they create the MMO around this thing now Mm -hmm. that everybody's invested in the world. And then they were like, but what if it was the exact same game? (laughs) And I was like, oh...
0: (laughs) I think that's fair. As much as I'm enjoying Overwatch 2, I think that is a fair assessment. They didn't, it feels like they gave up. Not gave up, but they just said, ah, what's the quickest line to profitability? And, you know, let's not get too ambitious here, folks. Let's just make Overwatch again. Yeah.
2: I even hope that four player stuff comes because playing Dark Tide is just like, I'm thinking, I would play this, but Overwatch. Like, it doesn't have to be dark and horrific. It can be bright and full of Omnic robots. Yeah. Have all the same, like, I need to learn the tactics of all the special enemies. Four of us have to work together to get through the mission. I would, I, I would play, you know, Warhammer 40k, Overwatch.
1: <laughs> you yeah, yeah,
2: or you know, just Overwatch Dark Tide. Like it doesn't have to be dark. It can be bright and cute, and I would still be into it. You Overwatch Bright Tide.
0: There you go. Yeah, yeah. Um. They. Uh. I mean, i I hear from insiders that that stuff's coming along real nice and supposed to be rad. Um. We'll see. Uh, I hope so. I hope uh, so. We but shall see. All right, well, let's move on to the the uh, the games that we played this week. I installed a bunch of stuff that I uh, haven't done anything with yet because I was doing some Steam Deck testing and updating my list, and one of those was, for whatever reason on the show, it keeps coming up. We keep talking about um, Metal Gear 5 and cute. how great that game was and i'm like you know what i want to play that
3: so good it's so good yeah
0: so i installed it and uh, i'm gonna mess around with it uh it works great on the steam deck 100% perfect on there but also you know good on pc and consoles and stuff anyway i reinstalled that we'll see what i do there i think i need to start over just so i can get the whole experience again Yeah, you
3: got to pick a sweet helicopter song too. You got to do that. You Mm got to change your helicopter song. What are you thinking? For I don't
0: know. I was thinking about doing the custom MP3 thing, and uh, if I chose something, the rip the track from Doom, uh, the 2016 Doom called "Rip and Tear" is one of my favorite things ever. It's super hardcore, and actually, it's okay for me to play it because it's YouTube friendly. Hold on, I'll pull it up here real quick. It is this song right here. This thing is, like, this is some nice buildup, but listen to how this thing pops out. I think that's my that's going to be my helicopter song.
3: That's great. Yeah. I, you know, you're getting to an evac. People are shooting at you. There's rockets going everywhere. You're like, we got to get out of here. I got to complete the mission. That's playing as the helicopter Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: The fact they even give you the option. Um, I also deep-dived on the whole... I was trying to see where the controversy around the character quiet is these days. The, the sniper oh, lady who's yeah, too sexy yeah. for her own good or whatever. I didn't know she's based on like an actual actress last model from like Denmark who lives in Japan. Forgot her yeah. name. There's a whole other interesting story behind that and why he chose it and all this stuff I didn't know about at the time. At the time I just knew a bunch of American players were like, this is overly sexualized, but there's more to it than that. And she is pretty sexualized. I'm not going to lie, but, uh, Anyway, I'm going to play it yeah, again. You,
3: you get full rep with her and she just randomly shoves her butt in your face while you're in the helicopter. And you're like, what are we doing? Yeah, what, what are we, why what are, we are we doing yeah, this? What is why this are you about? putting your butt in my face? Yeah,
0: that but, game, you know. they're not afraid to put her in, in compromising places. It's weird. Anyway, I think I'm going to play it again. So there's that. But I didn't play it. Instead, um, I know I'm sure you guys heard about this. <clears throat> Maybe you haven't, but The Witcher 3 is about to get a massive update. Uh, it's a next gen update where they're. Uh, doing all 4K textures within the game, so like all Ooh. the game textures are getting like triple triple buffed. Um, performance modes, all that other stuff coming to PlayStation Five, Series X. I don't know if the PC is getting anything because it's already got mod support, and maybe they don't care there. I don't know. Actually, just don't know that. But they are adding just like they did with uh, uh, CD or uh, CD Project Red's uh, other game, uh, Cyberpunk. They are adding cross platform saves so cross saves uh to everything so no matter where you're you play it on the switch and it would cross save with your with your series x or your pc or whatever um so i'm actually really looking forward to that update so much so that I reinstalled Witcher Three, and then found myself playing it for three hours. I started happened. I started a new game and uh, did it on the couch. Oh, good of, God! Yeah, I know it's huge. I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it why must I'm be doing a white it.
2: White Orchard for twenty hours. Oh,
0: this is the other reason I forgot to mention it. So during the autumn sale there, that happened for about four days or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, Steam, uh, Series X, PlayStation Five, everywhere that you could buy which are 3 including all the DLC the the ultimate edition or whatever uh 10 bucks or less it's like 799 or something very briefly it's back up to 50 or whatever the normal price is but it was like 8 bucks for like 4 days and i'm like well i'm going to want to play this there as well as over here so i'm going to just do this so i bought that for 7 bucks 8 bucks
2: i've been there buddy i own it on xbox too i got it for like eight dollars yeah the first time yeah (laughs) whenever they do this sale i
0: always get tempted but hearing about cross save i'm like well duh of course i'm going to do this
2: it's like it's a 200 oh yeah the oh it has cross save yeah
0: that's the whole point is they're doing they're cross saving across all of it everything every platform so like i said you could be on the switch and you could share your save with your pc version anyway not that i do that but the point is you
2: update your saves
0: oh yeah hell yeah all that I've
2: work. like put like a you know, solid amount of time in Witcher 3 and I'm just barely done. I'm almost done the main campaign.
0: Yeah, all that so will move forward. All maybe it'd be upload. good
2: like on the couch or something. You know, maybe I would actually pick up Witcher 3 to finish uh, on
0: the X. See, your head's right where mine was at. So I, I did that and I didn't know this when I started it. You can start a new campaign or you can start at either one of the DLCs and it'll start you appropriate level and gear. And oh, you wow. can just play those. I didn't know that, and I was tempted for a hot second. But then I said, Scott, you never fully finished the main campaign. You came close on PC, but you never quite did it. Do you really feel good about jumping straight to Monkeys and Wine or whatever it's called? What's it called? Monkeys and Wine. Blood yeah. and Wine. Blood and Wine.
3: Yeah. Uh, you were close. Monkey blood
0: close. is what I was thinking of. Um, but I, you know, I, did I feel good about just diving into that and playing DLC as if it was a new game? I don't.
1: I, I just couldn't do it.
2: It just felt weird. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's been so long. Like for me, I've almost got every single undiscovered location, like every little place in the water where you can find a barrel. Like I think I spent 10 hours (laughs) digging up barrels out of the ocean. (laughs) I feel really invested in that save file, but it's been so long since I've played it. The momentum of the story and everything that's transpired Mm -hmm. has been so long. I want to see it again. Yeah. And I also kind of want to do the Dandelion quest line again. It's fun. It, this is probably me that just wants to go hunting for that scamp and performing in a play and all that girl. <laughs> it, how ridiculously long and involved.
0: <laughs>
2: just yeah. finding the NPC again. So I'm like, when am I going to get to talk to Dandelion?
0: Well, CD Projekt Red put out a video showing comparative screens between the current version and this new version. And it is strikingly good looking, the new one. Um, so I'm really excited. It's going to become kind of new again. And I don't know why, but there's the two 2015 games I installed. One of them I played for three hours. And, uh, of course, Witcher three is always good. That patch is on the 17th. So, you know, you don't have to be early like me, but, uh, all your stuff will carry over once it hits. Uh, then I found another survivors like that. I need to talk to John about mostly, um, uh, because I think I found one that he is going to love. Okay.
3: All right. Let's. Let's
0: have it. I think you'll like this. Let me see if I can find some decent video for the chat. There it is. Okay. So this is called um, Bone Razor Minions. Okay.
3: I hate the name. All but right. That's not always a good metric for right because vampire
0: survivors is a great name. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I agree. Vampire survivors is just as dumb of a name, but again, doesn't have the cache yet because you haven't played it. So, so this game is one of these. It's done in a retro style, uh, so more akin to, say, Vampire Survivors, although I, this is a little bit more like, um, I don't know what to call this. I don't know it's what to call
2: it It's like 16-bit to. era Yeah, SNES or something. Yeah, yeah
0: like SNES, yeah. Genesis kind of era-looking stuff. Here's what you do. Um, you pick a class, which you unlock many of them, uh, and you go out into this kind of a graveyard is where you start. And as you run around, there are some bones laying around, Already, you pick up. The, oh, this guy's playing during an event. That's why there's uh, the Halloween shits all over the place. This game actually yeah, has events. Anyway, uh, you pick up these bones. They 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 gravitate toward you, kind of like XP does in those in uh, Vampire Survivors and such. Um, and the stuff that's just laying around is there because at first the, you don't have a way of collecting new stuff, and I'll explain why in a second. But as you pick up these bones, you acquire um new abilities and their abilities are to spawn and in some cases upgrade minions. You're a necromancer and this guy's playing with a standstill build, which drives me nuts, but whatever. I don't like that particular way of playing. But anyway, so <laughs> y- y- every time you get the bones or you, you go to get your upgrades, like you're used to in these games, you can choose from, well, oh, let's see, I want to spawn a bomber guy or I want to spawn a, a, an archer. And at first they're all question marks. You have to discover them. That's kind of fun in its own. Right. And then you've now got these green minions that run around with you and do their abilities. You never fire a shot. You never swing a a thing. You don't do any actual weaponing. You
3: you just collect like a lazy ass necromancer. You move
0: while your people do the damage. And you've got to be smart about how you're building out your army because, you know, good builds still matter um sometimes you'll pick up active abilities that you you initiate but they're more like one-offs like a special potion or a thing that rains down acid and kills everybody or or whatever you'll get those over time um and unlock more as you go there's a whole unlock thing for skills and talents of course and the goal is to just go as long as you can it's your you know again it's a vampire survivor's like um i really like this game a, the reason I thought butt John would like it is because it's like it's like Vampire Survivors in that you aren't it's just a move around game, right? You're not you're not really you know there's no eight other buttons to use. So right. Freeze up like your this.
3: other hand for other stuff.
0: Other stuff. Drinking a soda. Yeah, you
3: know. like a drink or yeah. you know French fries. Sure, whatever.
0: sure. Flicking somebody in the butt whatever it is, right?
3: Yeah, whatever you're doing.
0: And uh, it gets super intense. It's got a great sense of humor. All of the text flavor text is stuff like Thine, thine um, uh, d- necroblast hath rendered your enemies, you know, flattened or some stupid. They, they talk all biblical all the time, and it's actually pretty funny. Um, one of the character or one of the character choices is a vampire survivor, and a guy. Na- there's <laughs> another one. Good. There's a guy named uh, and he has abilities that are like vampiric, and he survives longer. You know, it's it's stupid. And then there's a guy named. There's one like I think it's like brother potato or something so they're oh okay ber- so
3: they're leaning into the genre in a big way oh
0: big way yeah they're like hey we're in this we know what we are and we're having fun doing it it's got really good reviews people really like it i think this is a really neat take on the formula with this twist of raising an army instead of you being the one-man army is is makes things very interesting in terms of where you're going and when how to behave with certain mobs um
2: I have a I have a guess it's, at a criticism just seeing this footage though. Yeah, what's that? Uh why is the map so small?
0: Oh it well they're different maps. It's Do not we really have those
2: infinite maps. Because one of the distinguishing things is that the maps go infinitely and this one seems to be a very small arena.
0: Oh I didn't realize they were infinite in vampire survivors, are they? I thought they had walls. Yep. Um,
3: no, they'll, they'll go, go they'll go forever. The library puts a limit on your uh Vertical movement up and down, but it will go forever left and <laughs> oh,
0: right. oh gotcha okay because this everything I've been playing, including soul survivor soul stone survivors, this um the other one uh what's the other one I played anyway they all they all have some sort of ceiling rotato yeah brotato that's it that that has more of an arena thing where you are kind of locked in. I think it makes it more intense and more fun. I actually prefer it um than just going infinite, but it's you know just a different take I, I suppose. Uh, lots of weird minions to, to build and crazy shit, crazy effects. Uh, I, I ended up thinking I was just going to poke my head into this. It was like five bucks. It was cheap. And I played till two o'clock in the morning the other day. That's how much
3: how easy about. is it to tell what's yours versus what's theirs? Because without any frame of reference, I'm looking at this, and I, I'm like, I feel like I would have to be avoiding everything, but some of this is, is your guys, right? Yeah,
0: most of it is your, well, not most of it. A lot of it is your guys. So the as a general rule, your minions are green, uh, like undead green kind of looking zombie kind of color. And they're... Uh, they stand out because none of the enemies are that N- nothing ever quite looks like your people. Um, it does take a little getting used to cause there's a lot going on. you kind going to have to like, Oh yeah. Okay. But once you get the feel for it, it's like, okay, all the green guys are following me and doing what I need them to do. Um, and everything else is like these little army guys and they're in white and they're wearing armor and you know, you just sort of get used to it.
2: And we should really make one of these. I mean, it's like millions of dollars just waiting for us. Yeah, let's collect.
0: do it. The <laughs> classes like John I, Scott and Bo,
2: both. Game, these games are like so hot right now. And like, yeah, I, 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 I sincerely believe, without actually being sarcastic, I'm not going to say made in a day, but these, this is probably one of the lower end efforts that you could do, right? You can make an RPG and write 1 million words and have to have a story that's coherent or, you know. You can program a controller to go up, down, move left, right, and some collision detection, and then just keep turning up the uh, the gnaw. Like I can picture it, you know. Like I can kind of see how I, I might actually realistically. Yeah.
3: Do Bo, it. Bo, take your afternoon that you said it would take to make this game, and just make one for
2: you. It's it. not gonna be an afternoon for me. <laughs> 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 the other thing but, is, uh, I think this is like within. This is within. Like. If you look at any game and think, like, what's within reach that I could actually accomplish, being very realistic, I'm like, this feels like
0: one of the closest things. I don't disagree with that. I have a lot to learn. You you find a programmer friend, you could probably – oh, here's a boss fight. You could probably – I program it myself. That's what I – like.
2: I feel that
3: way about Zork. That's about where my skill caps uh, out.
2: What is it? Uh, Not RPG Maker. What's the – there's a 2D game engine like hyper light drifter was made on that i've actually tooled around with oh it's, um, um
0: yeah my daughter works in it um game maker game, game maker game maker is it
2: Maker. it's just called game maker and the whole idea is it has a mobile package and a pc thing and it's it eases sprite animation mm-hmm. program controls in mm-hmm. does collision detection for you all i need are the art assets the sounds which the sounds are not that complicated uh, some of these might have even been made in game maker like i can see it now and i'm like it's just putting in the work for it i'm like then we can make a core
1: yeah
0: core survivors pick john pick bo pick scott pick your fighter and then go to your thing look i i, I, I don't work. i don't disagree like fighter. sometimes the simplest concepts are the ones that take off and get crazy this isn't
2: and, me being critical this is me just being like i actually think like seriously i'm like i might be able to make one of these yeah
1: it's a cool <laughs> and, game
0: it's a cool genre because I, I do think you're right. There are less There's less walls in the way of maybe getting one of these done, but this one in particular is very creative, very interesting take on it all. And I think, um, I mean, it, it shot up to my top tier, my top three. I really like this. I still like Soul Survivors a lot, but this is uh, this is probably a close second actually right now. I really like the way it plays. I think it's got a really fresh sense of humor. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It gets pretty crazy. You have skins and hats and clothes and all this stuff to unlock He's got a little flame head right now in the video I'm showing, but you can. So,
2: so um, uh, i forgot i was gonna ask (laughs) i got mesmerized watching your video
0: (laughs) it's a lot of a lot of stuff and i
2: mean that is the one thing about the genre when the battlefield gets full and you sort of just get lost in the visual insanity it's kind of neat
0: yeah it's it's very intense um i think it is definitely worth the money and if you own a steam deck it's just about perfect on there so that was the other thing I want to say. All right, that's what I played this week. Those are my two games. I've been busy building this card game and had no other time for much else. Let's jump over to John, who has spent some time in Control Ultimate Edition. Actually, what sets, why is it, what makes it Ultimate? Actually, I don't actually know.
3: Why. I don't know. They typed that, they typed that on the game. So it's just a yeah, thing they wrote. And they... I have no idea what they changed, okay. uh, but it was on sale on Steam. I think I had it on Epic. And it was like a couple bucks on Steam. And I was like, all right, let's see what this Ultimate Edition is. For a couple bucks, I'll put it on Steam. Let's see. Um, and I started playing it, and uh, Control is a great game. I know you know this, Scott, because you played a lot of it, right? It's, yeah, it's very um, cool.
0: I got very far, too. I didn't quite finish it, but...
3: But I freaking love this game. Like From its universe, the idea that you're in this thing called The Oldest House... That it's the Federal Bureau of Control, it's this government agency that's all about supernatural stuff, and it's this weird mishmash of, like, the mundanity of, like, office and government work mixed with paranormal uh, things, like you know official memo saying like hey you're not allowed to bring anything uh that would be considered an iconic representation of the thing that it is for example like a rubber duck. beyond this point like that that's an office memo is just that stuff is really fun to me Mm -hmm. um and the 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 thing that I had a hard time with with Control the first time is I thought the game was really hard. Mm. Um, And it still kind of is. I don't know if it's because I've been playing a ton of Fortnite and I've just gotten used to third-person shooters now. Um, But I'm having a much easier time (laughs) this go-through on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am still shocked when somebody shoots me and all my health is gone from a single shot. And I'm like, oh no, this game is actually challenging. Um, But... It's just really cool, and it has a very satisfying ramp-up of powers. You know, you start, and it's like, hey, jump, and you jump like a human being, and you're like, oh, boy, why'd they even put a jump button in this game? (laughs) And then, you know, then you touch a magical carousel, and now you can air dash, and you're like, oh, this is why they put a jump button in this video game, because now I have supernatural powers. Yeah, the air dash is is pretty
0: great. It feels really good once you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you, did you, uh, did you, uh is super
3: did, cool? Did you find
0: the, um, I find the map to be really obtuse and difficult. That's my only complaint about this game. How do you feel about the map?
3: It's, it seems like it would be useful, but it's like a whole button you have to press to pull it up. And like, you were already at a disadvantage because you're in a place where the world changes. Like, you know, sometimes one room will be there and then at other times that room will just be gone. Like, cause The whole narrative is that you are in a building that shifts and changes and they don't do it too much. Usually you can rely on the map, but I know that that was one of the big weird moments early on in the game that they don't, they don't really explain is like, you're walking through this hallway and at no point did you double back, but all of a sudden you end up back where you started. And it's like, oh, this place is messed up. Um, So I don't use the map as much as I should. Cause I do get lost. I do have a tendency to get lost. Um, so, I, I, you know, but that's I think I that's struggled. also kind of a part of it.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's part of it for sure. I just got toward the end. I was starting to feel impatient with me running down the wrong hall. And I, and most of it came for me, it came down to, well, if this map wasn't so weird, I'd probably be fine, but I don't want to blame it on the map. It was probably more me. I'm, I'm directionally challenged when it comes to maps. So
3: <laughs> it's, it's part I, of what the I, little... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, What I find is very interesting about the game is that I have somehow, because I'm the person that's like, hey, your objective's to the left, and you give me a left and right choice. I go, okay, well, I'm going to go to the right and see what's down there, and then I'll go to the left. Like, I intentionally try to go the wrong way all the time in video games. And somehow, this game, without me really trying, I constantly find myself on the critical path. And I don't know how, because the game feels at least more open than it seems. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh no! Here's your objective that you were working on. I was like, well, I wasn't trying to get to the objective. I was trying to explore. Somehow, I still wound up here. So they're doing something intuitive with it um, that I'm not consciously aware of because I didn't pull up the map very often.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's it's Both pretty there, good. It's actually pretty good ask. early on, especially sending you down the right path. But what yeah, were you gonna?
2: I was, I was gonna. I was gonna ask about because I've recently discovered this whole thing about liminal spaces. Mm. Um, which is, it's like an office or public area, but like abandoned, but still lit. Oh yeah. There's whole games that are just like discovering liminal spaces. I think they're called. I love it. Including some VR games. Does it evoke any of that? If you even know what it is, but I'm just wondering if it.
3: Um, a little bit like, cause it's, it's got a very eerie tone. The idea is that this was a fully functioning, like office building, uh, And then it got taken over by this thing that just, like, takes over your body and mind controls you. So you're walking through an office, and there will just be people floating above their desk. Mm -hmm. So it's not exactly abandoned, because you've got people there, but they're not doing anything. So you kind of still feel all alone at the same time. Um, It's just, it's got a really unique vibe. And then every now and then you do something really weird, and it, it evokes other things, like... There's a spot pretty early on where you just get transported to a a cabin in the woods and it's just supposed to represent all the like middle of the woods, uh, you know, Pacific Northwest like road motels that you could stumble upon and you just explore one of those as part of it uh, at random. And it's just, it's got a really neat vibe. It's got a really interesting story. Um, The more I read of the memos and watch, there's a a full, like, acted-out live-action videos that you discover in the world uh, talking about, you know, these crazy objects of power and stuff like that. Uh, It's just a fascinating universe, and it's kind of, you take as much as you want. Like, you can play it like an action game, but the reward you get for reading all that stuff is really interesting. Like, the idea that this gun you're running around firing, which is made up of nothing but, like, cubes, uh, they suspect it might have been Excalibur at one point, that it's a weapon that changes depending on the time and the intent of the wielder, and that this this item might be every epic weapon throughout history. <laughs> uh that you're now wielding as a gun and sometimes a shotgun and other other things. Like it's just such a cool notion and yeah. such a cool idea. It's got
0: such rad um vibe. Everything about I mean these are you know this is the the uh Alan Wake people. It's the uh what are the old bullet those bullets no oh, what am I trying to think of? The old series with the, the Rockstar owns it now. They made a third one Max Payne. Max Payne geez. Yeah. So, these guys have always had this, like, they've been in touch with, like, hey, what's the cool style thing we can pull off? And I think this game feels like a movie I want to see, you know? And this liminal space stuff Bo's talking about, I love that aesthetic. Huge fan. Like, the place is empty. It's freaking weird. What, what we was all this? VR? Uh, I, is there a VR mod? I don't think there I is. Think
2: there, well, I think there's a Steam game. Well, let me look. It could be wrong. But, yeah, liminal
0: Oh, is there? Oh, there's a game that explores that kind of stuff. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, I thought maybe I could be mistaken, but yeah, like there's you know there's video game experiences and mods of liminal
0: spaces, and I just like I like that stuff a lot. It reminds me of like you know Stanley's Stanley Parable or yeah, uh, even like Portal is a great example of this. Like Portals, you know, there's always you always feel like something weird underneath, like something's about to break through these horrible walls and. In the meantime, though, I'm in this really clean testing space that clearly no one's here anymore. Like, why? Why am I the only one here? Why is the robot running everything? Like, I love, I love those, those tropes, and uh, Control is full of that stuff. So, yeah. it's very cool. Plus, it looks really good on ray traced uh, hardware.
3: Oh yeah! If you have a, if you have a graphics card that can do ray tracing, this is one of the most uh, impressive effects with ray tracing, which is. Partial reflections in glass, yeah. and it just looks so good in this game. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, it's amazing what one little technology thing like that will do to a game. Because uh, playing it, because I, I accidentally launched without it the first time, because uh, you have to launch DirectX 12, I think, to be able to see it and utilize it. And I think I just by default I'm used to clicking the top option. I went in with DirectX 11. I was like, "Isn't this supposed to look better than this?" Yeah. I exited out, went back in. I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, there yeah. it is. It look at giant it. Look at how good it looks."
1: Yeah.
0: Console versions look really good too. They use some ray tracing on those. And th- for a while here, this was like such a showcase for like new hardware. And now you can run this on your Steam Deck with like zero issues. It plays really well on there. Uh, so another little Steam Deck nod today. Uh, nice. That game's cool. And if you find it on the cheap special, you should grab it, everybody. You've been playing more Marvel Snap. How's that going? I guess there's new cards today, right?
3: Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of new stuff uh, in an update that they did. They've added a new way to kind of help fill out your decks because eventually with the collections, you do get to a place where you're not getting new cards. You're getting collector packs that might have a title. It might have an avatar. It might have a card variant. It might have currency. And it might have a card for the pool that you're currently pulling from, uh, which makes it very hard to fill out You know, once you kind of hit pool three, and now they've got pool four and pool five added to the game now as well. Um, so they've added this new mechanic where if you go to the store... Uh, there's a there's a new currency called Collector's Tokens. And I think if you've already reached Pool 3, you, they by default have given you a bunch of them. And every eight hours, they switch what the featured card is. And you can just buy that card. And you can just add it to your deck and spend your Collector's Tokens on it. And this new currency has given them another new currency that they can add as a reward uh, for you know, various activities that you do in the game, which does need to be done. Like, I would say one of the things I hate about this game is that you unlock credits as a reward as you're going through. Like, because nothing feels worse than I spent credits to upgrade a card so that I could hit a new tier... And open a chest and unlock credits, <laughs> like less credits than it costs to upgrade the card. Like that just doesn't feel good. It never feels good. It's like a, it's like getting change back on a purchase, but you didn't get what you wanted from the purchase. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's just a very odd mechanic. And so this gives you another currency that they can do. And uh, the other the other cool thing about it is uh, a lot of these new cards are like very unique, very different. I had somebody who must have the Thanos card already in a game that I played. They started playing all the Infinity Stones and stuff like that.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, they were very excited because I, I guess the whole mechanic of the Thanos card is you have to collect all the Infinity Stones, which they did. Right. And so this person had to be stoked, and then I left the game before they could oh, play Thanos. Zing. So they yeah. went to all that work, and I was like, yeah, you're not going to get to play. You're not going to play this card. I'm leaving. I'm just going to quit.
0: I guess Ibit got that card today and was trying to explain to me that it's really double-edged sword. If you don't have all the stones, you're really risking things um, or something. I don't totally understand the mechanic, but it's kind of cool. I I like that that's in there. Yeah.
3: This guy built the perfect deck, and he got very lucky, and he collected all the stones by like turn four or five. And I could just see Thanos looming on the horizon. I already wasn't doing particularly good. I was like, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of playing your Thanos card. Get out of here! Yeah. <laughs> he went to so much work. It's like, it's like if Thanos could actually be foiled by just turning off the movie. Like he finally gets the <laughs> last stone. And you're like, no, nope, click <laughs> there. Avengers won, turned you what, off. You're done. What if
2: he didn't have
0: it in his hand?
2: What, I mean, he there.
3: might not have. He might not have, but I wasn't going to win anyway. So yeah, we'll, never, no. we'll never know.
0: So um, uh, the other thing he said about it, what did he tell me I thought was interesting? He said, Oh, no, that wasn't it. It was something else. Crap. I don't remember. There was something about Thanos. Oh, I know what it was. We talked about it was weird that Thanos, one of his abilities wasn't, or his key ability wasn't removing 50% of the cards off the board because yeah. of Thanos' whole thing of just cutting civilization in half. I'm surprised right. that's not the mechanic. <laughs> Maybe that's game breaking. I don't know.
2: I think they, just leaned be, into, yeah. they leaned into the infinity gauntlet aspect of it. Yeah. Maybe that happens when you play Thanos and have all the infinity stones. out. I don't know.
1: Yeah,
3: I saw it, an yeah. article that, that, that suggested, and this would probably kind of go against the idea, which is that buying cards should only be cosmetic, but like, I read an article today that was suggesting. Wouldn't it be neat if card variants actually did slight tweaks to the power set of the card that you got the card variant for? Yeah. So for cards where it's like, oh, well, it would make you know more sense. Or obviously, Thanos collecting Infinity Stones that makes sense. But like what what you just said, right. removing fifty percent of the cards. That I can also see being a cool Thanos power. Maybe if you got a Thanos variant card, they could lean into a different fantasy with that. Uh, I think that's a cool idea, but I do think it also goes against the principle of you know, card variants are purely cosmetic only. In I nature. think it would
2: it would be called pay to win at that point. Yeah, because, probably right. Um, that you got to walk a fine edge before you invoke that, and I think if someone. Well, this guy paid to have a better version of Thor. That's why he won. Or whatever the best deck is. Yeah.
3: But they could always release another card where they're just like, hey, here's Infinity Thanos. He's already got the glove. He's looking real happy, and he can have different powers.
2: They got got Jane Foster Thor and Chris Hemsworth Thor. Yeah, you you can do a lot of stuff. They're both called Thor. So, I mean, you could do... Thanos, Karen Thanos, <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> the Thanos copter. Let's bring it back. What's again. the other?
0: There's a Thor, Lizard Thor, uh, oh, Beta Ray Bill. Uh, you could do. You, know, you bring that guy in.
3: Yeah, you can bring. Yeah. You can bring in Beta Ray Bill yeah. and uh, uh Throg. The, Throg, the Throg, right? Thor.
0: <laughs> Forgot about Throg. Yeah, yeah. The game. I I actually really like how deep they can go. Because yeah. the rosters—that's
3: so the crazy. one thing I wish they would do. Like the the cost of cards, if you break down like what credit cost of the card is and what that translates to gold is insanely high.
1: Yeah.
3: Um. And most of the card oh variants God, are yeah. not actually very good. I I would really you like don't want to pay see twenty dollars for them
2: pixelated shit version of a card. <laughs> yeah, hate. the pixelated, Every pixelated ones are so are trash. ugly.
1: You're not yeah, the only they're... ones
0: to say that. Everybody I talk to hates those. I like pixel art, but I just don't... I think they're weird. It's yeah. a weird fit here. They're
2: not good. It's not good pixel art. Like, yeah. just doesn't... You have these beautiful like high-res photos in the PC version, and you get this pixelated blue marvel that kind of looks like a splotch of blue. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> it's, re- it's really bad. They need more variety. And I think if they had more variety, maybe they would be able to bring the price down because people would be more inclined to buy them. But like, I think so many of them them
2: are buying them, but like, I have no, and I'm someone who will spend on cosmetics. So I really like something. I have zero interest in it.
3: I bought one. And the one I bought was because it was the Colossus. It was like, it was the Colossus from like 1991 Marvel cards. Oh, yeah. Like, it was literally that version of that card. And I was like, hell yes. And I immediately forked over the money to buy it. So that's my Achilles heel. You put those 1991 art cards in this game, I will buy it every single time. I'll be like, hell yes, cards were never better than this moment, right?
0: Yeah, I kind of agree. You know what's funny? It just, it just occurred to me, somebody mentioned NFTs in the chat. If NFT chatter hadn't slowed down, I would have feared for this game. Like if, if there hadn't been a massive withdrawing of NFT interest and also crypto crash and all that, I would I would have worried that this would have been Marvel's avenue to sell us a bunch of nft shit based on these cards you know what i mean i'm not you know i'm making that up because who knows if they would have but sure feels like it because this stuff is cool man that's the whole point they are
1: probably
2: had meetings about it that probably came probably
0: did why wouldn't you well that's cool i'm glad i gotta say
2: like the game is still good taking nothing away from it but i i find i find my interest has been waning maybe maybe it's just because of dark tide but i don't know is your interest diminished
3: My desire to climb the ladder has like as it's gotten harder, like it's just it's the meta shifts so wildly like I'll go on a winning streak where I'm like, oh, great. I've created an invincible deck and I'll win 15 matches in a row and be like, great, I, I have the best. And then I'll play that night. And I'll lose just as many one after another offered <laughs> weird, like never seen before combinations. Like, what the hell is this? Like, just insane builds. And it's just based on when people are playing. And it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy how much it swings depending on who's going at what time. Mm-hmm. Like, I need to stop playing late at night because that's when all the tryhards come out. Although I had a guy who played the most try-hard deck I have ever seen in my life. Like, it existed deliberately to just be like, I'm going to try and mess with you, and I'm going to mess you up, and look at these weird meta picks I've made. Like, it wasn't exactly um, Ben Brode's, like, asshole deck that he published, because he did put out, like, this is a build I deliberately did just to mess with people, but it was close to that. And this guy was trying so hard, and he still lost, and I just... It was, it was one of the most satisfying wins. Cause this guy was clearly trying to just annoy me through the entire match with like, look at this, look at this, look at this. And then I beat him by two points at the end on one location. I was uh-huh. like,
1: oh snap. A- oh snap.
3: So much right. effort for yeah. so little payoff, sir. That's um, great. But yeah, I'm definitely more casual than I was for sure.
0: Uh, tell me more about, well, tell me all about world of Warcraft Dragonflight so far. I know it's early, but, uh, you got the expansion. Yeah. You're the one of us to bite. And uh, what do you think?
3: Okay. Uh, yeah. I bought Dragonflight. Let's let's get into it. Um, I definitely feel like I need to preface this a little bit. Go for it. Okay. I used to do, as you guys know, but for listeners who might not, I used to do a World of Warcraft podcast. Yep. Like what? Like like many of us. Yeah, a lot of people. Eye uh, on it. You were on it. You both were on it, yeah. as a matter of fact. Yeah, I've been on it a few times.
0: times. As Azeroth um, Roundtable, for those wondering. It was a great old show. You guys did great on there.
3: So it was it was a good time. I, I WoW has been a part of, you know, it's part of why I know you guys. It's part of why I'm on this show. Big, long history with it. I spent a long time on that show describing what I would have considered the perfect version of WoW. Saying, man, I wish WoW did this. Man, I wish WoW did this. Wouldn't it be cool if WoW did this? There's a lot of that on the show. Sure. Just go read our reviews; they'll tell you with one star how much I said <laughs> that. Um, and then when I kind of fell out of interest with WoW, I went and tried other things, and I found out that the game I was describing and wishing WoW was was kind of exactly already out there, and it was called Final Fantasy XIV. And I fell in love with that game and I've been playing that game for over two years and I haven't played WoW for two years. Going back now to WoW is a little weird because it's now taking those things that I constantly had been saying, I wish WoW did this, and then going and finding that being done someplace else and now going, okay, I need to pretend like I don't care about those things anymore. I need to be okay that my character isn't prominently featured in cutscenes. Right. I need to be okay that this quest text doesn't really matter that much and can kind of be skipped through. Cause it's not that important. Right. Um, I need to be okay with the fact that when I take a quest, they're going to be four others that pop up because they want me to go out and kill shit immediately. Kill. Hey, John, kill some stuff. Yeah. It's been two minutes since you killed something, go kill something. Yeah. Um, and you need to be okay with that. And, it's fine, but it has taken me just as long as it took me when I did go to Final Fantasy going, wow, this game's really weird. Now I'm feeling that way again going back to WoW. And it's, it's taking an adjustment to go back to that yeah. and, and to go back to that style. Like I, I remember when I did play Final Fantasy, I was like, I hate how this controls. Yeah. And I was like, why can't this control directly like WoW? Well, now it's been two years. Now I'm going back to WoW. I'm like, why can't this control like Final Fantasy 14? I'm just the exact opposite argument. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I have heard from enough people who have either stayed all in on WoW or are are way into it that this is good to know that if you like WoW, this is a good WoW expansion. They're yeah. doing they're doing the right things with it. Um, and there is some stuff that I really, really like about it. So I haven't done a ton on my... was That's what I'm getting to. Uh, so no. I haven't done a ton on my main um, getting to the, the Dragon Isles. But I did make a Drakthir evoker. And I've been really critical of how the Drakthir look. I still don't think they look great. Um, but once you're in-universe seeing the cutscenes, playing it out, it's not the detriment that I thought it was going to be, where yeah, I was just like, God, how am I going to play this class and this, this character for hours? Like, I got over it pretty quick, and yeah. I was like, no, oh, my dragon's cool. All the other dragons suck, but my dragon's cool. Like, it's kind of what you adopt. Um, and you kind of get a preview of the dragon riding, because they have the ability to kind of do this this big sword move where they go in and they can, they can simulate it. Uh, and that flying is really good you know uh, a lot of talk about oh this came out of guild wars 2 i don't that doesn't bother me that it's from another game games steal from each other all the time and I mean, it's flying yeah it's it's flying it but it turns out there's a reason they stole it it's very satisfying it's very fun it feels very cool to leap into the air And kind of just do your your navigation and flying through things and just land right at the quest point. I mean, it's the same principle that we had before where it was like, okay, get on my mount, fly up, fly to the thing, land. But it's more dynamic and action feeling than that. Like, it it is... uh, I mean, you don't crash and like biff it, but yes, you could bump into something and land in the wrong spot. I was or- hoping if, if
2: Scott ever played it for some crazy videos, cause every time he plays a game with real world <laughs> physics, like just cause
0: there's guaranteed to be a video. Oh, I you love to screw around with ridiculous. it. I mean, I, I really like the feature in, in, um, uh, my brain spent the Guild Wars too. Um, and they did really true from what I can tell, they freaking straight across lifted the idea. Um, but one well, of the I we'll coo- had
2: flying in an MMO first, and so it it's was, fine.
0: Well, it sure, it. but I, I guess what I mean is this training and this like turning your you know starting with a basic thing and then working your way into something better, building that as a subsystem of the game. They they definitely pulled it from from those guys. Um, but what I liked about it, and I from what I can tell in the videos I've seen of Dragonflight, um, there is a momentum and physics to these mounts in Guild Wars 2 that is really satisfying. Like when you land, you feel like you're just like very weighty and there's like a halting stop and it feels like you moved with it and it doesn't feel like a piece of plastic the way that mounts usually feel or, you know, they're just kind of, I don't know, artificial. So, John, I don't know, maybe you can speak to that. Do the, do the dragons feel like meaty and heavy and, you know? physics and stuff like that.
3: Well, I haven't done it on an actual, because I haven't gotten my my dragon yet on my main. So yeah. I've only done the flying that has been applied to the uh, Drakthir race. Yeah. And, you know, they're not going to have the same meaty feel as a giant hulking dragon. Right. But it is more dynamic. So you know, again, it's the same principle as before. I'm here, I'm going to fly to there. But instead of that being a weird cast bar and a very stiff like flight and land and then Mount despawns, it feels epic and cool. Like it feels really good. It feels like you did something neat. And I think that it's not being, it's not being overhyped when people get excited about it. I think it, I think it's a genuinely cool feature of the game and it has made me excited to get my dragon Mount, um, on my main, when I get to that part of the game, right. like, that that's something I'm now very excited for um, because I I think it's cool. The much more open continent design, like you notice it right away. It looks good. Like WoW has never looked better than this. Like it's definitely it's definitely good looking. Although I am now really lamenting. It used to be a cool feature. Now I I kind of hate it that WoW's day night cycle is tied to our real life. Day night cycle because I only get to play at night.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like that Playing either. at night. Yeah.
3: Um, but that's the only time. That's when baby's asleep, so that's when I get to play. And so I see these screenshots of people playing. They're like, "Look how beautiful the Dragon Isles are." I'm like, "It doesn't look like that for me. Yeah. It looks real dark." Yeah. Um, but you know, that's that's my own problem. It's my own issue to overcome. I should play more when the baby's napping instead of doing core notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess, but. It's, um, this feels more in line story narrative and world wise, uh, like what they did with Missa Pandaria, which is one of my favorite expansions for this very reason, which is world of Warcraft is at its best when it is about the world. Wow is not good at being game of Thrones and they've been trying to be game of Thrones for years now. And it's been bad. It's been, they've been trying to tell stories of like, here's epic rise and fall of characters and, and this, they've been trying to tell a very complicated story. And WoW just isn't designed for that. Like, its cutscenes aren't made for that. It isn't made to convey those things, which is why we see so much. Well, you got to read the book or you got to read the comic or you got to listen to the audiobook that came out to really gain the full scope of the emotion of this moment. Wow just isn't great at that. But what it is great at doing is building a really cool world, filling it with stuff and encouraging you to go and play and kind of discover that world. And this gets back to that and that's the thing that I think is the most exciting about this expansion for me is I want to go to the Dragon Isles. I want to discover what's going on there. I, mm-hmm. I, You know, you can't win me over just by going, hey, dragons, that's not super impressive to me. But going, hey, John, there's going to be a really big, exp- a big expanse to explore and, and check things out and learn about this place and learn about this world. And I go, well, I'm in. That sounds great. That sounds like a really cool thing to me. And so... I, I'm very excited for all of that. I'm having a little bit of a harder time adopting my Final Fantasy brain back to WoW, and that's where I think there's some some tension points for me with this, uh, where it's been hard to get into. Uh, but real quick, I just want to say the new talent trees are awesome. They're really, really good. Um, although I feel intentionally trolled with the placement of Shiv, uh, an ability I absolutely hate being a prerequisite for evasion rogues know if you don't know don't worry about it i'm just mad uh it's fine (laughs) but um and the other we call that rogue beef. yeah rogue beef so talent trees are amazing and i will also say that um what was the other thing i want to talk about what's the new features new feature oh the ui the ui oh uh, yeah,
1: yeah yeah
3: i'm playing wow without mods and it feels incredible and they need to just keep going. I've heard this. really like, good things
0: about that. Yeah, that's good to hear from you as well.
3: Like, I I cannot tell you when I reinstalled WoW, I let out an actual sigh at my computer going, do I have to figure out how mods work again for this game? I am so <laughs> sick of dealing with mods. I hate it so much. I love that WoW supports it, like, for people that want it, but I am so sick of it being a prerequisite for playing this game. And the UI changes are incredible. Uh, it, it's one of the best things Blizzard has done to the game. I hope they double down on it. I hope they do a Blizzard version of every popular mod out there and put it into the game in a logical way, because I, I don't necessarily think Blizzard should outright ban mods but I think that they should feel far more optional than they actually are. And this was the first big step towards it. And I love it.
0: Nice. Um,
3: that's good to hear. Really, I've really heard, good.
0: heard really good things about that. So that's great to hear that from you. Cause I, I was, that was one of the things I was most curious about. Um, if you go to or Ouroboros or Ouro, what is it? Ouro, Ourobos, uh, is yeah. it a spirit Halloween now? Or what is it over there? Just a big empty, nothing. <laughs>
3: I don't know. That's where I started, and I was just like, "All right, I'm gonna get out of here." I mean, like, that's the thing is, is is it's very hard to be like, "Yeah, this narrative's important. Pay attention to it." When I'm literally just like going through my quest log, abandoning stuff, having the Lich King pop up and be like, "Champion, there's something <laughs> urgent happening. We need <laughs> you to." Die. I'm like, shut, <laughs> "Shut up! We're going to the Dragon Isles. Yeah, shut up.
0: See you later, buddy." <laughs>
3: I don't have time for you. I gotta go ride dragons. I don't care yeah. anymore. Um, and I've got a little blinking icon on my map telling me my sanctum bullshit from Shadowlands is ready for a turn in. I'm like, I need this to go away. I yeah. don't care. It's not an important part of my life anymore. Like, just just be gone. It's I don't need to see I don't need to know what's going on with Shadowlands. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Fine.
0: Well, there you have it. Uh, look, uh, uh, relatively brief look at uh, stop the game. I mean, I'm I'm tempted just because it's the first one I haven't touched, and it just feels weird not to. So.
3: That's kind of what got me in. I well, that, and uh, we talked a little bit about this. Um, you know, some people may be familiar with it, but uh, preach gaming, uh, preach, who's been well known in the World of Warcraft community for a while. a behind-the-scenes video um, with Blizzard talking about changes, and I heard so much stuff from the developers uh, that wasn't like the canned typical Blizzard response about their thoughts and feelings and opinions on the game that it made me a believer, and I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt and try it. And while it is a, a bit of a bumpy road getting back into it, I think that this is a really strong first step. Even if Dragonflight ends up not being your cup of tea, I went from writing off WoW, like going off of the back of BFA and Shadowlands, and just going, "I don't think they're going to figure this out," to where, regardless of where I land on Dragonflight, I think the game is back to having a future. Yeah, which is a huge swing for oh, them. I, oh, I agree. Shit.
1: Yeah, that back is a big to deal.
3: having a future. <laughs> I mean
2: that, <laughs>
0: it's a, they kind of back <laughs> to the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's your kids, Marty. No, they had to do something, right? It had to be drastic.
1: Yeah.
0: Or else they I mean they honestly I was so done with Shadowlands.
2: Uh any sign? How's the reputation situation in this
3: game? Uh so supposedly there aren't any, but yes. I am I am gaining rep while i'm questing but that's also not something that has ever really happened during your leveling it's so fine not, it's
2: just like an ancillary thing that's around
3: yeah, yeah. But you don't want
2: to like, grind it. you know it battle for azeroth is like you continue questing once you reach exalted with whatever i'm like i'm out that's why i quit i'm out i don't want to fill a bar to get content
0: doesn't this all um, it all sort of depends on end game i mean end game is what everybody always says well that's where things really matter there's never been a bad early experience in any wow expansion so maybe some of this will change, but I hope for the better. I I don't, re- I mean the end game systems aren't really relevant yet. While you're leveling, right, you're not going to see that. So,
3: right, and and I have always said that. There, I even Shadowlands, you know, Warlords of Draenor, the the expansions I consider real low quality ones. I had a great time leveling through them. So. I expect to be feeling the same way about this as I go through it. Like, I've always loved the leveling and the initial questing. It is a question of what happens when I get to the end uh, once we're done. Um, But I'm excited to see it. And I'm not just doing it because I feel like I have an obligation. Like, it genuinely has interest me, and it's genuinely compelling to try. Um, I think it would be worth a look if, if you liked WoW and are curious. I think it's worth a look. But um you know, if you're if you're out, I don't think this does anything drastically different to say like no, definitely come back in, at least not yet. beyond being a good wow expansion, you know, yeah. so far. Did you did least.
2: you try the new crafting? I haven't.
3: Oh, I've yeah. never been a crafter, but I've heard good things heard about it. I've heard surprisingly good things, surprisingly yeah. good things yeah. um about it and it seems like it's it's good, but I'm just I'm never a crafter in a game. I used to do it because I felt I had to for raids. Yeah, you was, gotta get your elixirs
2: it. and your buffs, yeah, yeah. your meat,
0: your your meat, your your feasts. Yeah, your meat, <laughs> your
2: meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta bring the meat, the feasts, and all that
0: shit too. I'm really, um, yeah, I'm curious. I'm not, I just it's weird. I'm I'm one year, not even quite a year away from the 20 years since I entered the friends and family beta of the game and wow. 19 years before or 19. Yeah. 19 years of the game existing. And to say this is the, you know, the first time I'm not playing is a very weird thing to say. Like it's odd for me. So I'm, these are all good things, John. I'm glad you came to talk about it. Cause I'm, I don't know. I still don't know what no, the I'm Dragon do,
2: flying. But. looks cool. Like, I I understand World of Warcraft and I always have a little bit of excitement cuz the cinematics are amazing and I love I just love the style of it you know but the gameplay it's like eh, well, I, you know lately the past few expansions since Legion has been like well I can take it or leave it yes. and Dragonflight is really sexy like it just looks really cool like it's seeing the videos of people flying around that alone has been like maybe I should try like it's it's the strongest marketing tool of this expansion is not the cinematics, and yeah. uh, surprisingly shockingly, they have been among my least favorite <laughs> let's say put it politely I agree. All the cinematic i agree <laughs> they've been and the flag has been like which is nice because usually the gameplay is not what's selling me on a on a world of Warcraft expansion it's like look at the characters and look at the cinematics and look at all the yeah the narrative outside of the game it's the game itself this time around yeah so there's a part of me that's like uh, wants to see the talent tree and wants to feel the game again it's it's been a i've been a little wow curious i guess (laughs) which is a little different from the last two bfa was kind of i tried it but i was not excited and i definitely was man shadowlands but i'm like man that dragon flying seems cool Mm mm-hmm I just wish I would just I don't know if it's a no like I'm close. I was close. I think what I think I was going to actually pick it up. Mm. And then I found out Midnight Sun just coming out this week and I've been playing (laughs) Dark Tide came out and
3: that kind of just went
2: (laughs) I think I got enough to occupy my time, you know. Like I think I think I'm okay,
3: you know? That was the big honestly that was the big hurdle for me too, is I was like, you know, I only really plan to play through the leveling experience. I don't plan on seeing this through for the entirety of the thing. Yeah, you know, maybe get some game time from resubbing. Maybe we can figure this out. Maybe we can get through it in time. And then I saw Midnight Suns and I was like, oh man, I'm in trouble. I don't know if I should do this, but I got. I definitely got FOMO seeing all my friends jumping back into it. And I was like... I want to ride a dragon. Yeah, so it was hard you know, to ignore. I'm, I'm going to ride the dragon. We'll I would argue that
0: the goes. chatter's a little lower this time that I usually see in the wake of an expansion within my circles, but I think that might be because people are just busy playing it.
3: You know? Yeah.
0: And that's a I good definitely
3: is. I logged in and I was the only person in my guild on in subset of guilds sure. to be clear. Sure. Like our guild is multiple guilds all together but of my subset i was the only one on there and because i didn't do mods i couldn't talk to anybody else because we have a mod that lets us talk between the guilds
1: Mm -hmm. i don't have it
3: so (laughs) i was just like "Ah, it's a guild of one it's me
0: remember back in the day i remember it was 2010 that they forced us to do that when they changed the way guilds worked and we had to fragment it that was i can't believe it was that long ago now freaking 12 years ago jeez um. Well, anyway, awesome stuff. Bo, let's jump to you and talk about Dark Tide, which you have been playing pretty incessantly. First of all, just check in on your fingers and stuff. How's your hands?
2: Uh, My hands still cramped, but it is healing. It does feel better, but it is still, like right now, it's still cramped. I had to take an ibuprofen earlier today. I've been ice packing it still. I set a doctor's appointment because we're closing in on three weeks, but it does has been very... If there's an opposite of speed running my hand is whatever the opposite of speed running healing it feels like <laughs> it's taking forever and it's probably because i'm playing dark tide even yeah. though i should take a few days off because yeah. uh, think- that's what i feel the pain increase the most even yeah. if it's just a little bit it always feels like at the end of dark tide maybe i shouldn't have played
0: i could see that
2: and i did take a day off because i closed the servers down the day before launch which was nice
0: yeah for, forced yesterday. uh forced respite on your part sure
2: yeah um but uh yeah no that so dark tie i mean i talked a bit about it i don't know what more there is to say there's a lot of chatter going on so i guess maybe i would just address
0: the negative comments that have been going around about the game
2: what's the First progression all, complaint? You got an rtx oh sorry what? i
0: keep hearing complaints about progression why is that a thing
2: um i mean if you remember vermintide compression uh, compression <laughs> progression, yeah. Then you know what the progression is here. It's the same thing, like except there's no loot boxes. You might get an item at the end of the run if you pick up all the grimoires, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and you get some for penance rewards, which are the game's enga- achievements. Um, but they don't dole it out. You don't get guaranteed three items or more in a chest sort of situation at the end of missions. Mm-hmm. But there's a shop. You earn in gold. You go to the shop. There's a random assortment of items in there. Just buy what you want. It's fine. <laughs> Sometimes there's an I- you don't have an item there, but maybe the next day it'll. Well, no, that
3: sounds kind of shitty to me. But
2: I've been fine with it. Like I, what I understand is progression is slow. This game's not like after every mission you're going to get an awesome reward. And that didn't feel that way when I played Vermintide. Oftentimes it'd be like junk, 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 junk. Once you got like a weapon you like, you know. Um, it's mainly junk. It's slow progression. The progression's the same in terms of talents. You know, you get talent tree choices at five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, exact same as Vermintide. Um, and, uh, you know, cosmetics you can unlock through achievements through leveling up. You get, and there is of course a FOMO store where you can buy awesome gear. By the way, whoever gifted us Dark Tide, thank you again. They gave us the Imperial Edition, so I've got rich people clothes on while everyone's wearing convict (laughs) outfits. I was playing my level six guy, and I'm like full like camo gear, and all all these like like who are these like poor convicts in their incarceration clothes hanging out with me wow. so they spent extra money just to deck me out and deck us all that i presume so that's nice yeah although i think nice. you should be forced to wear prison duds up to level five just because you need some hazing like you there's very little story in the game the story is we were going to execute you but there was an attack You get to live if you fight for our our warband. Otherwise, we can just airlock you, your choice. So, you know, it it makes sense for you to be a a noob in in the warband until you earn some clothes. Um, And I hate that people can buy their way around that. That kind of irritates me on a certain level. Same way as Sea of Thieves. Sure. But anyways, just to address the the chief complaints, progression is one of them that I've seen. Uh, These are people who expected... I don't know what they expected. I I expected what Fat Shark delivered in Vermintide. That's what you get for progression. It's the same thing. So whether you liked it or not the first time around, you're getting the same thing around this time around is what I would say. And then towards end game, I do have a level 30. You're just you're waiting and grinding for good gear and then you can upgrade it. There are features still not in the game. It was a soft launch. There's stuff going to be added all through December that, um, including options to further customize your items, like change blessings and stuff. I'm not quite sure what it's all going to be. You can just see it's grayed out, so um, they weren't ready with that. But
3: uh, and I'm that's fine. a bit of a, that's yeah. a bit of a bummer because I will say from my experience with the with the time we played, um, and then my experience, little bit of experience with it since its early release. Um, I have consistently felt like this game is good, but lacking. Like, I have a constant feeling of not enough with the game. Mm. And I think that launching, slowly rolling out features like they are, doesn't feel good when you already feel like, man, the biggest issue with this game is just not enough. Not yeah, enough but. weapon variety, not enough mission variety, not enough loot, not enough cosmetic variety, not enough enemy types. I mean, do like, you think
0: after their first delay, which was sizable, and then I don't know, maybe they just needed more time to bake and have less features well, come uh, later? I
2: mean, yeah, clearly they're not ready for launch, but it's, I look at it like it's like they're never going to be ready for launch. So it's just going to release like all stupid and the game will eventually get good and i'm like i'm fine with that personally because it's the game as a service kind of thing vermintide they have a good track record with their previous releases i know that
0: the bugs bugs early on two two it. is a mess on launch so i'm not
2: yeah exactly yeah. like they're they're it's we're not talking this isn't like it is a pretty big studio i think they got somewhere between 90 and 200 employees but like my it's just i think my expectations are in check like if i get fun levels to play i'm good like i i don't um which is what i've been getting like the nuts and bolts of the game are fantastic like they're really good so like all the uh all the sort of negatives which they are negatives like i'm not going to take it away i just feel generous about it because i'm like i i like the dinner i'm having i guess you know overall
1: yeah
2: and um yeah, so I mean, I'd agree, but you know, we'll probably get new weapons. There's going to be new subclasses, like clearly because like my psyker subclass is psychokinetic, and I'm like psyker psychokinetic. That just implies there's going to be like a or something else later on, you know? Like sure, sure, there'll be more subclasses. I think they're envisioning it more as a game of service because there's going to be some seasonal stuff coming, which isn't in the game yet. So I'm anticipating we'll see uh, DLC. I think at a bit faster rate even if it's dlc maybe it's just new missions like maybe they don't put it behind a paywall um because really there's actually only five maps in the game but 13 missions and the maps take you to different parts like you don't see the whole map in one mission it's like you're like a to uh, is it a toma well the city tertium is one big giant arcology cityscape And so it's like a maze that you got to run through. So they're able to reuse a lot of assets in a really creative way. Um, And, but most of all, I can play the same mission three or four times over and I'm just having a blast. And the main reason is this, and it's the sort of thing that I get behind in games is that I feel like I'm getting better at it. And I feel like getting better at it matters to teammates. So there's a performance aspect that I'm sort of getting something out of, which is like I was a worse player a week ago, but I've played a lot of missions. I know all the sounds. I can react quickly. I know what to do in certain situations. And then as you crank up the difficulty, you are getting better. Just like in Diablo, how you crank up Torment. That's sort of how it feels. Mm. It's a non-linear game. So Vermintide has a linear story. This does not. It's more like Deep Rock Galactic. Just play a mission. So what keeps me coming back is this idea that I'm going to do better. And... The matches themselves are white knuckle. You're just like... You get to these moments where there's literally... Like, I think for one of these games, on the harder difficulties, I've never seen as many enemies in a game. Yeah. Like, I think this is cranking up to the limit how much they can throw at you <laughs> in certain areas. Because it some of those freaking hordes are a slog like it's a solid five minutes of just clearing and cutting and no there's a sniper and blah like it's good and it's good you're just like you're enjoying it people go down you're trying to survive and um i really especially like it when your three teammates go down and they can all watch your camera and you're like i'm gonna save them all and you manage to save them all and like solo and everyone's watching like It's got it where it counts, but none. I wouldn't take away any of the flaws. Sure, they could be more. There could be cooler shit for progression and shit like that. I would not say that that's not the case. And yeah, it feels like half a game. Sure, I can definitely see that feedback. But the soundtrack is bumping. Oh, the so kills good. are bloody. there's blood everywhere. it's dark. their the color palette is awful. You can barely see the enemies. It's so good <laughs> chunky, and, chunky
0: combat too I and the, the that.
2: com yeah, the combat feels great, and the classes are super distinct and tons of voice acting each class I think each class has three different voice lines for each gender, so there's actually a ton of different vocalizations for each of the classes like. In it's not as obvious, but in certain places, you're like, a ton of work went into, like, putting this together. Hmm. And the environments are just jaw-dropping, like, for, for what it is. It's hard to say that they're jaw-dropping because one of the other big issues, aside from progression, is the you got an rtx like 970 like good luck that thing's gonna take a diarrhea inside your computer (laughs) you have to clean it up like (laughs) the minimum requirements are almost like 3060. what i have it feels like i have to play on medium with rtx off and this is their recommendation and i'm like but what about people with worse cards like i think the next one down is like the 2080 and then everything else good freaking luck so if you have an older graphics card This might not be a recommend right now anyways because it is definitely not optimized or designed to be stable on a wide array of systems. It's running really it's designed-
0: solidly. PS5 and uh, 360, or 360, sorry, uh, Series X are both apparently running very nicely. And I wonder if this is one of those games where they really focused on console development. And
2: I'm guessing I'm guessing maybe the requirements are set to low on those ones too. Yeah, I don't, like
1: know. I can, I don't know.
2: Like I can run Doom Eternal 150 frames, uh, 150 frames to 300 frames, RTX on, maximum quality no dlss and this game's like dude you have to run on medium and it hurts me like i know 36 is not a good card but for 1080p gaming it is a fan fantastic oops sorry it's a fantastic card (laughs)
1: like
2: i'm always shocked at how good it does because i feel like i have the budget line but I, i will crank no dlss and rtx on even on medium for like a game like cyberpunk it runs smooth yeah, everyone's yeah, running yeah. 1440 and stuff so with the 1080 resolution i can get a lot of graphical juice out of most games this game <laughs> needs it needs a lot of work just needs some optimization I think. and and i'm willing to turn a blind eye to a lot of the criticisms just because i'm hooked on it yeah. um so yeah I, i'm looking forward to playing with you guys i know this is our you know it's gonna be our date game with kyle yeah. And uh and I can't wait to play. Um I'm unfortunately gonna have a hundred hours of practice under my belt when we all start, but you know it's all right. I'll you'll play help, a
0: level one character and you'll help you know. us dominate. It'll be fine. It'll all work out in the end. It's it's
2: I mean, it's a contender for game of the year for me. I might have to give Game of the Year technically to something else just because Elden Ring was really good, but um it's a it's a it's a finalist. Yeah. It's it's my favorite thing I've played all year, I think.
0: Well there you have it. A awesome looking deal. I, I'm I'm excited to get in more. I've kind of let it sit until f- a full launch just because i don't know why
2: you might did. as well i mean it might not be the best time to play it might be
3: a month from <laughs> yeah, now might. The best
2: time to play you
0: yeah. know who knows
3: might be even better in a, a little bit yeah
0: who knows well here's what we're gonna do we are going to take a break and uh go liquidate our our bowels uh <laughs> maybe not that uh anyway we're gonna go do that and when we come back uh we'll talk more uh the more stuff we got things we got dear martha we got some other news to cover we got some emails. All that and more. So come back shortly, won't you? And we've come back from our little break. Thank you, everybody, for your patience. We're now going to do a a little Dear Martha. And uh, what we do here is, as you know, John puts together uh, fantastic reviews of ancient video game magazines of yore. And we talk about them here on the show. So, John, let's get started. Anything special here? We just go for it.
3: No, just go for it.
0: All right. We are going for it. If I can be on the right tab. Okay, here we go. Oop, wrong button. That's, that's turned down. Okay, here we go.
3: My dearest Martha, with all the current-day talk of the Super Mario Bros. movie, it is no surprise I have found myself in May of 1993 reading Nintendo Power issue 48, the very issue where the fine folks at Nintendo Power preview the original Mario Bros. movie. Spoilers! They think it's great, but it will <laughs> ba-bomb.
0: Uh, <laughs> yep.
3: I'm getting ahead of myself, though, Martha. Let's start with this cover featuring Batman. Judging by his facial expression, I believe this Batman was also granted an early screening of the Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> it's a face that says, I haven't felt this way about a film since I saw The Mark of Zorro. <laughs> Of course, it's bad news for bats, too. Glad you got that one, Scott. (laughs) Because Batman Returns is also going to suck. Mm. And don't get all Tim Burton fangirly on me, Martha. It's a shitty movie, and the sooner we accept it, the sooner we can be okay with liking shitty things without having to sell it to other people. But let's not focus on the movie. Let's talk about the game, because... Reading the coverage of the SNES Batman Returns game reminded me of just how wonderfully stupid video games used to be and how accepting we all were of it. I'm not trying to say things haven't improved, but I am saying that the Arkham games go out of their way to make it clear Batman doesn't kill. They include long, thoughtful nods to the decades of Batman lore and mythology. The SNES game has all of its power-ups being held by actual... Actual bats, be they hearts for health, his logo for points, or a test tube so Batman can go full Heisenberg and blow up his enemies. It's just ridiculous, and we all thought it made perfect sense. Nintendo Power continues to be one of the more colorful, fun magazines. I check out, while in the past, lots of maps, art, screenshots, and even some full comics. This issue has one where I was fairly certain it ended with Star Fox killing Falco. (laughs) I read it like three times before it clicked that he's just sort of knocked out, which everyone is mostly okay with. I don't know, we worried a lot less about serious brain trauma in 1993. With Nintendo Power basically being a giant ad all by itself... There really aren't any fun ads to specifically point out, so let's just talk about their coverage of the Mario Bros. movie. Of course they're excited about it, but one detail I love is how the magazine is really trying to set expectations. They make a point of clarifying all this This is before the game, so all the characters will look different. Be that Koopa, Yoshi, Luigi not having a mustache, or the Mario Brothers not wearing their typical outfits. Even more than that, though, is how much of the plot they give away. The only question they really leave is if Mario and Luigi win in the end. I assume they do. But it's a question I still don't actually know the answer to, because my family and I left the theater early. It... It wasn't a good movie. (laughs) But, hey, they took a lot of pictures of the cast and crew playing Game Boy, so, see? They're just like us. I'm sure whatever cinematic adventures come next for the plumber will be great. If there's one lesson to take away from this, it's that even a perfectly cast Mario can't save a bad movie. So, maybe a not-so-well cast Mario won't destroy a potentially okay one. Yours in time, S. Beckett, ninety-three. Oh man,
0: you're really nailing these endings. That was that was great. By the way, real quick question I got about this: I'm looking at the Falco deal, the the Star Fox thing. The <laughs> yeah. sound they use for uh, the ship flying is. Vashu, <laughs> Vashu, that's pretty
2: good. I some I have something that jumped out to me about the article, uh, which is you know when they're trying to get the celebrities to say a nice thing about the product. Yeah, um, Hoskins, who starred in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Hook, said playing Mario was quote a lark quote. <laughs> not a great honor not a lot of fun wow it it was a real lock yeah like what does that even mean
0: i feel like there was that's not
2: even an adjective is
0: it like what i like this description Uh. of koopa says koopa looks almost human but he changes during the course of the movie to reflect his reptilian heritage that's that's about it i guess
3: yeah, they they full on just tell you what this movie's about. Like they're in the article, they're like, so it starts with them in Brooklyn, and then a portal opens, and they follow these princesses through, and it's just a crazy world. There's fungus on everything. Koopa's there; he's in charge of this thing. His plan is to de-evolve a bunch of people, and like it just goes through the entire thing. They're like Yoshi's in it. Like check it all out. And then at the very end, they're like, but if you want to know if Mario and Luigi prevail, you're gonna have to go to theaters <laughs> to find out. (laughs)
1: yeah that's the hook oh man
3: that'll be a real twist if they don't (laughs) you know like wow what a shock
0: if you're a patron of the show i'll be putting these images up on the patreon post and i'll also put them up on twitter for anyone who follows us on twitter at core pod so watch for that all right where the hell are we now oh we got some other news of note uh there's a new trailer for the super mario brothers movie alluded to a little bit by by john a uh, hmm. little nod there um i think that thing's looking great funky kong's in it all right i don't yeah, know if you notice yeah, yeah,
3: cranky kong cranky kong kongs yeah
0: there. lots of kongs uh mario carts in it yeah mario karts in it um there's carts in it anyway what else uh some other stuff a whole bunch of stuff people notice there's all sorts of fan service happening um on this thing and we get our first taste of what uh Anya, or Anna Taylor Joy's voice work will be like for Peach. I think it sounds pretty great. I think uh, Jack Black's continues to sound great. I think uh, what's his bucket from uh, Always in Philadelphia? Day. What's the name?
3: Charlie Day. Charlie Day
0: does a real. The, the, the Luigi seems great. He seems fine.
3: Luigi's fantastic. Yeah. Everybody's complaint
0: yeah. remains is Chris Pratt the wrong guy for Mario? Everybody thinks it's What, the what about yes. that part where they cut out all the
2: sound and it's Chris Pratt going, woohoo!
0: Where did, he, did they? Oh, they did,
2: didn't they? And
1: then like, at all the, music the very end, out. he it just was, goes, they, Wahoo! Yeah, Wahoo! They did
2: it on purpose to be like, I felt like it was a direct nod to be like, hey, you Chris Pratt haters, listen to him, Wahoo! And they cut the music. Yeah. I, and he just goes and I was like, I don't think I liked it
3: shining have, a spotlight on a blemish. It was not, yeah. it was not great. Yeah. I, don't way, I don't
2: hate it the way
1: I don't
0: hate it the way everybody's hating on it. I think it's going to be fine. I agree that you just should have just had Martinet do it. He's or Martinet, how you he say his last name?
3: See, but I don't think he should have either. I, I, so somebody did a, uh, like, one of those things where they can create an AI sample of a voice. Yeah. So, granted, it's not the same as hiring him to come in and read the lines, but they had an AI simulation of his voice do the lines from the trailer, and I don't think it was good. I just don't think that Chris Pratt is good either. I. I so, everybody says, okay, well, who would you cast? And, yes... Bob Hoskins, who's no longer with us, was a fantastic Mario, and that's where I would go. But if you want a, a another take, so I have a toddler, which means I'm watching a lot of movies that I typically don't want to watch, yeah. and I have seen the movie Cars about seven million times in the past week. Yeah. And in that, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? I always forget it. Tony Shalhoub does the voice of an Italian car called Luigi. Yep. It would be the perfect Mario voice. <laughs> yeah. It would be yeah, I can phenomenal. Get mine. Mine.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know what, Tony Shaloub, I could see it. That's not bad. That's not bad.
3: So yep. yes, it's not gonna bring Chris Pratt fans to the yard. And there's, I don't know if there's people <laughs> that follow Tony Shaloub around all the time on all his projects, but uh it's a it's a perfect voice uh for for what I think Mario should sound like. But here's the thing, and I, I did tweet this out, and this is how I feel. Do I think Chris Pratt's doing a good job? No. This is this is better than what it was before. It's gone from he rolled out of bed and was like, oh shit, I gotta record Mario <laughs> lines in a couple hours. Um, Mushroom Kingdom, here, here we, we go. go. There we go. Got it, got it in one. Yep. That it was that in the last trailer. Now, as somebody else pointed out, he just sounds like he's doing a bad impression of Linda from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> At least it's a voice. (laughs) Um, I think right now it's a big deal to everybody because it's all we can hyper focus on. But I think the reality is, is once the movie's out and you're watching it, is it going to be the highlight of the movie? No, but you'll get captivated by the magic of the movie. You'll get caught up in it and it will be fine. And you will either love the movie or... Or hate the movie for a completely different reason. I agree. Like That's what it'll be.
0: Totally agree. It's fine with... I, I. That's kind of what I'm saying when I say I'm fine with it. I just don't think it's as big a deal as everybody thinks. It's not going to save it. It's not going to ruin it. It's just going to be there.
3: So, anyway, that's... <laughs> it's sad that it's a talking point. It's sad that it's a talking point because this movie looks really good. Yeah. yeah like, really, really good. And the performances that are solid, like... I heard Jack Black is Bowser, and I was like, not in a million years. Is that going to work? It's yeah. excellent. Yeah, it's perfect. It's so good.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. I think they're modulating him a little bit, making him a little crustier, lower, or something. But it's that's fine. Um, you mentioned they show a bunch of Kong stuff. Don, uh, Diddy Kong's in the audience. Daisy, or what's the girl with the pigtails that you play in the third one? Can't remember her name. She's in it. Uh, like, like you mentioned, Crazy Kong. I think the fan service stuff in this thing is going to be thick as a brick. I think that it looks like there's going to be genuinely funny moments. Like, I don't know what else you could ask for here. So I'm I'm going to, I'm trying to be on the, I'm on team. Let's wait and see.
3: With yeah, this Yeah, I think this movie looks like it's going to be pretty solid. It's got Mario doing plumbing. Honestly, yeah. that's one of the things I wanted to see more than anything. Like, I want to see him being a plumber and... Yeah. There he is looking at a faucet real intently. And that's, you know, that's what I want. That's what I want from Mario. Yep. So I'm. I don't
2: want to be captain of the negative brigade, but I don't like the. Well, it might be fine. The the very self referential. Like, because when Luigi's getting interrogated and he's like, what? I don't know a guy with a hat with this first initial on it and my name. Like, he's referencing that it's idiotic. And I'm like, I don't know. I just it's it's like a wink and nod to the parents watching, like or something. You know what I mean? But not really, because all the parents are probably old enough to have played Mario. I don't know. There's yeah. just something about that that's like you're breaking fourth wall quite a bit to be like, "What is this goofy world we're in?" But like the characters. Just wouldn't re- like it. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't react that way? You know what I mean? It's like written by an observer, not by a character. I feel like there's a lot of that in there, and that's not my. There may not. Yeah, like you you might be right. It's hard. To- a lot of people will like that. I just won't. I won't like it that much.
0: Trailers are hard to say yeah. until we get to see the. Rest but it's hard. Lineup. It's hard to say. We should wait and
2: see. And it certainly looks like a visual feast.
0: So. You know what I really like though is this t- music treatment right here at the end. I'm going to turn this up so you can hear it. Uh, here we go. Listen to this. I like this bit. Wahoo! I like that. That's yeah. the, not the Wahoo, but the the part with the yeah. music. I, I know like
2: it's the Wahoo there. kind of ruined it. Like I heard the
1: you know, <laughs> the
2: reverberating in my brain during the part you were trying to show me. But yes, the cinematic. You know, we have uh, uh, an orchestra playing Super Mario. Yeah,
0: there's something about that. The new the Indiana Jones trailer dropped today. Did the same thing. It it took the indie theme and,
2: and of just course, stretched. No, it's it got up. to do all the drum hits that every trailer does. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, we've inserted a drum beat between every note of this well-known theme. It's definitely the new trend these days. We're well playing it. it slow and leaving off the last note.
2: Yeah, That's
3: maybe my least favorite trailer trope. <laughs> I, like,
2: uh, right. It's so that, epic that that last note doesn't get hit. Yeah, yeah. The
3: last, last note, gone, because yep. you know it. You know it already. Yeah. Uh. Whether it's that they also do it with dialogue. They did it with like the Lightyear movie when he was like to infinity. And, yeah. and then it just ends just like, yeah. shut up. What are you doing? That yeah. reminds
2: me. That was the weirdest part about the um the Transformers trailer. What's I know that? we already talked about that in the pre-show. Not to bring it up here, but they did that because it's the it's a biggie song, I think. And it's if it's like if you don't know now you know N word, but like they just leave the N word part blank, and I'm like, why is this? In Wait, a was that? Bi- I thought that
0: was an old '70s song. The the one in the it was Guardians it was thing. Biggie. I think that's was what it? it was. It sounded yeah. old to me, like '80s something. I could be oh, wrong. A, Hold on, let me pull on. it up.
2: Yeah, I gotta pick that up. It's just it reminds me of that comment of like you know. It's leaving something off, but in a very different context that was just like, this is awful.
0: Well, here's where they do it with. So in the indie trailer, they do this with the indie theme.
2: Yeah, Yeah, there you go. They left the it's yeah. supposed to be da, 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 uh, like da,
1: the
0: last Oh, I'm excited about that movie, though. I, I shouldn't be. I just am.
3: The new way to feel epic: don't play all the notes. That's Make right. the audience fill in the notes. It's like epic jazz. It's about the notes you don't play.
0: That's right. Uh, we b- b- sort of touched on it, but there was also Transformers Beast Wars uh, trailer uh, that Bo is referring to, and that hit today as well. But today was like weird trailer day, last day and a half. Very odd. All these trailers, Guardians
2: three, and we got Indiana Jones five. Mm-hmm.
3: And- Dude, yeah, Guardians three. Guardians that- three trailer is dark. It is. I dark. did not. I did not expect it to look like just a sorrowful thing. I know we man, got like, like a sad.
0: There's it. some sad, you know, carryover from Endgame and stuff that we have to deal with. Uh, so I knew that was going to be a part of this, but I knew we were getting like a rock. Ra- it looks like a Rocket Raccoon origin story, which is dark in its own way. Yeah. I'm excited. Oh, I'm so excited about that movie.
3: I'm excited for it too. I just, you know, I was expecting more how it ends with, you know, Drax talking about killing one person uh as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that funny chestnut <laughs> they just murder. But um I was expecting more of that as the theme. I wasn't expecting like people sobbing and talking about like one final ride and bodies getting carried and we are Groot getting set again, which Groot died the last time those words got uttered. And, yeah. like, man. No, James like, Gunn's is going
2: this? over to be Mr. Kev, Ke- Ke- whatever, Feige. Feige. He's, yeah, he's the new Feige over, at, DC. new Feige yeah. over at DCU or yeah. whatever at Warner yeah. Brothers. So. Which I
0: am stoked about. I can't wait to see what that I'm, turns into. Yeah.
2: I wonder if yeah. he's just gonna kill off the characters to be like, "Yep, they're never coming back. They're done. All guardians done." I mean,
3: he you know, did say Red he did runner. say this is the last this is the last movie with these guardians. That's what he said. Yeah. So, it wouldn't be surprising if he was like, "No, yeah, I'm ending it. Yeah. I'm ending it for sure." Now if they'll you've do that because his cause, other work, he's not shy about killing off characters. I
0: watched the holiday special, and I'd I'd be down for a Drax, uh, Mantis, buddy cop movie series oh, the right. holiday
3: special was so nice it was nice it was silly I short and fun really liked it
0: yeah i liked it a lot i liked the music more than i thought i was gonna like it like the original songs in there were great and i thought the uh, just had a nice thing going and i think kevin bacon's a good he's, he's cool to even want to bother with this
3: It was great. And it had some nice little lore drops in there. Like it it didn't, it wasn't empty. It wasn't just like, Oh, these characters celebrate Christmas. We found out things we didn't know. I thought it had a real heartwarming ending as a result of it. Yeah. Like it made me care about Mantis who was just like previously a character in the background and like made Mantis awesome.
0: Yeah. She's, she's underused in the, in the first two movies or first second movie. She wasn't even the first one, but she's, she's my MCU crush. I love Mantis. I'll admit it. Super crush on her. Don't know why. Something about her. It's not her antennas. She's great. I don't, She's I don't great. Know what it is? She's great though. It's
2: uh, not her antennas.
0: It's okay if it is.
2: I mean, it's not. Yeah, it's, it not, just not. Just, into We're it's not. I It's not the bug part. A Safe
3: space. The bug. I don't, bug don't want part. anyone
2: to think I'm weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Did you play that sex chess game that someone gifted you? Did you decide to go for it or no? Don't, bo?
2: No, I didn't. <laughs> you, you, you turned me. If there's a chance, I would have registered it that picture you sent maybe i was like i gotta there's a guy spitting around on his penis inside some other person i don't know what yeah that's with a dirty butt part. with a poopy butt. the important part is that he has a butt flap in his latex outfit yeah. and his butt is like if he didn't wipe for two weeks there's just shit all the ass crap yeah he had I'm a like, poopy like, butt what's it's... going on here it yeah. <laughs>
0: That may have that yeah. may have sealed the deal where Bo will never yeah, play think, sex chess. So.
2: I mean, evil boo evil boobs, uh, corporation, or whoever's making that game. Wow, yeah, good. good they life.
3: need to learn about the cool move of taking a shower after, uh-huh. and then uh, you solve that problem right <laughs> away.
2: A DLC, you got to buy the sex shower to play sex
0: chess. That's right. Um, uh, final note: Valheim Mistlands is an open beta. yeah
2: this is is just personal i'm very excited about it there's not well we've waited for like almost two years for some sort of big biome update so this is it just as a psa to all you valheim lovers in case you missed the news miss lands is is in beta uh public testing i should say and that update should be anytime now
0: so i just checked the uh that will hit the Game Pass version as well, according to what I'm reading here. So.
2: I believe so, yes. And what's nice about it, because it's, it's not just a new biome, uh, which would come with new crafting materials and items, but you actually get some necromancer spells, like raising skeletons for your own to control, and some fireballs and crossbow bolts, and apparently the biome is quite robust and things to discover. I'm very excited for that, uh, so I think it's gonna be more than just a smallish update. I think, you know, given that it's been a few years, expectat- expectations are kind of high for what's gonna be in this. Um, I'm
0: stoked. You think Crofton and Michael play again?
2: Uh, maybe, maybe. Yeah. You know, it's uh, something we've been discussing that we've haven't played a lot of games together for a while. We've just gotten busy and all yeah, that, and we've yeah. all had our turns with COVID. Yeah. Um, but it's I really enjoy that game quite a lot, and. Uh, and yeah new content please like that's kind of why we stopped because we had mined it for everything it had
0: so should be nearing 1.0 in general right like it's been in early access oh, for a long still time two,
2: so all the all the missing biomes are in the game you just can't do anything in them so it's just blank and mm. that's that was mistlands ashlands and the deep north mm so it's been two years since early access we finally got one biome so at this rate it'll be four years but time we get the other two damn i'm hoping it's a bit faster going forward but i don't know um certainly the number one complaint and grievance of valheim is like holy shit like what's your idea of early access a decade you know so (laughs) this is a long time feels like for that game yeah But they made a lot of money. You know, they went from five people to a full team of people and they made a ton of money. They sold a lot of copies. It was like game of the year for like PC Gamer and stuff. Like they sold a lot of copies. Yeah. It's really good. Blizzard might be doing their own version of it. And I'm kind of excited
3: to see what that might be. And it's still more of a product than Star Citizen.
0: That's true. I put up a joke on Twitter earlier that showed a little baby in one photo. It says, you, when you bought, uh, when you when you first back to Star Citizen and then a picture of a very old man on the verge of death that says you when 1.0 finally comes out. That's how that game
3: feels. Not By the wrong. way, you, on, 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 oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to make a joke about it. Pre-ordering um. Star Citizen is an investment <laughs> in your children.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That pre-order is the worst. It's thousands of dollars. You're, you're just paying to keep a company alive. that does It's really weird. It's still um, weird to me, but whatever. But on that note, I actually did read a news article about Elite Dangerous. So, there's some alien invasion that's been, like, quite a while in the making in terms of the ongoing story in there. And they're invading next week. So, there's going to be a lot of, like, I guess, dogfighty type missions. Really? And that kind of got me. Like, I have to wait to see what that actually is going to look like. But that kind of got... One of the things about Elite Dangerous is, you know, there's dogfights and stuff. It's not that interesting. You, you know, it's it's okay. But if there's a whole event... And it's not tied to an expansion that they've been working on for, like, at least a year in in sort of in-game lore. I was like, I might jump in and check that out. If there's just a, you know, if I don't have to do trading, I can just get in and get a ship and just, like, blow up some enemy invaders. And I think there's actual stakes in terms of they blow up space stations and stuff. So there's a whole sort of campaign going on with it. People people weren't happy about
0: the... The uh, ground stuff that they released that didn't go over well. I guess there's like a first person shootery. Well,
2: kind of. at launch it didn't go over well. I can't imagine it's super great, but it uh, you know I think it's been I I've seen some comments that things are more ironed out now mm. since it's been like at least a year or so. Since
0: gotcha. Gone. Well, we'll
2: see. I don't know, but it would that would be another reason to dip my toe back in. Oh, and the other thing about that game is they're going to stop supporting console updates. Oh, consoles are standing still where they are, and they're just focusing on Windows PC exclusive. Interesting.
0: Forward. It's like the opposite The the uh, hacking. What was the name of the, the mech game? What was that called? Uh, Hawken. Hawken. Hawking.
2: That, that game was kind of rad. Hawken was like rad.
0: Hawken. I liked Hawken. Hawken a lot, and it left PC... They, they, they abandoned the Steam version and just went full console, which I still don't get why. I think
2: it still shows up. You can't play it, but it still shows up in my Steam library.
0: You can install it, even. You just run around and no one's it there, and they never did bots. Yeah, there so. it is. Hawken. Hawken was cool.
2: Yeah. Hawken but, had um, potential.
0: I'm telling you. It was fun.
2: It was neat. But yeah. there's other games now, I guess, to try and play. Yeah. Um but I think the thing with um, Elite, I, 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 this is just a guess, but I'm pretty sure console populations are probably nothing that it's not worth their time to even work on. It's a Game piece. You might game. hear it and go, like, what? And it's like, for the five people that played on console, you know, like, mm. uh, that that would be my guess.
0: Yeah. Who knows?
2: And yes, Elite Dangerous has a VR version. So when I check it out, I can play the VR client, and it's the same right. game as non-VR people. So
0: Yeah, Jesus wept. Exactly.
2: Jesus
1: and wept. Jesus wept! <laughs>
2: I, I can't it. do it like Dean. I wish I could do it like Dean Pelton. The way he does it is <laughs> so grating. And
3: Jesus What
2: yeah. Hang on. Maybe we should play it. I and don't Jesus have it here, whipped. do I? You do, is it a handy thing? Dean Pelton. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Perfect.
0: I was working on oh, a
2: four minutes. I just want the clip.
0: Yeah, we need just the clip. I've been working on a Jordan Peterson impression. I don't think I'll ever do it on the air, but I've been working on one. <laughs> that guy's, ah. he's got a weird voice, so it's kind
2: of fun uh, to try
1: I know,
0: to... he's like Kermit the Frog. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's one clip. I don't think it's the best one where he's screaming, but... Yeah. Well, let's if see what that's the
3: first one, though, when he, when he says it the first time.
0: Is this it, then? Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Okay, here we go. So I'm bringing this up. Bringing it up, bringing it up. I'm muting it. Okay, here we go. And Jesus wept. <laughs> For there were no more worlds to conquer Oh my lord, that thing is so big on his head. <laughs> that's
3: about every time he plays a VR game. That no, is it's just... not
2: the VR in that episode of Community, that's what we're talking about, listeners, is not like current gen, it's like eight, like 90s era VR. That, oh
0: yeah, without a doubt. Uh,
2: Keith David's character in season six is sells these machines, but he lives out of his Winnebago because nobody <laughs> buys them. Like, And to delete a file, you have to take the file, put it in water, and choke it to death wow and he's and and everyone's like thinks it sucks but dean pelton's like oh my god and jesus wept for i can change the size of a font by stretching my hands
0: yeah and yeah he's one of the best characters of all time i love him i see him in other things and it's all i can think of is his dean character yeah it's impossible that's his identity yeah his identity very nice Oh, by the way, it's 'cause John is a big fan
2: of the pun. Uh how is the Dean pun after a hundred episodes of almost every episode him making some kind of dean pun with his name every time? Mm-hmm.
3: I've never liked it, but I would miss it if it were gone. Yeah.
2: I think it's kind of the point, because he's not meant to be a clever, funny character. <laughs> he's meant to be an annoying uh <laughs> a, 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 you know, an annoying, weirdo but lovable character. And yeah.
0: Yeah. Claire, Claire, that was not that was not Jordan Peterson in that video. That was a whole different person. Just yeah, for clarity.
2: Jordan Peterson's like, um, I, I think I know everything, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> or wait, I do. But it's the people who want to cancel me.
0: Yeah, he wants. To, he only eats steak and water. Suck right
2: on there. this Twitter. What does he say? Yes, sons of Twitter bitches.
0: On. Whatever he says. The guys, a-
2: who, we'll see who cancels who Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> whatever.
0: It's pretty good. He's back on now. So I guess he's having a yeah, lot of time. Uh, well, let's uh, let's get to this here email we got. We oh, yeah, got let's one. not talk about that shit. Yeah, screw that guy. That's a good question. I have an email from uh, this went Talk to the court. Gmail from Neil, who says, hey, guys, having finally been able to acquire a PS5 disc edition, I'm feeling uh, sorry for those who picked up the digital only edition when the console was harder to find. The few Sony exclusives are insanely expensive on the digital store. For example, I recently grabbed Gran Turismo 7 for $57 at a local uh, retailer, yet the digital store version is listed at $125 in Australian dollars. Um, So it's not U.S. Um, And this pricing seems consistent across exclusives. Is the digital edition just there to rip people off, or am I missing something? Love the show. Neil, you have run into the... um, an Australian problem. I'm not saying there are other parts of the world that don't have this too, but that disparity is not that isn't happening here. I, if I buy Spider Man for 59 here digitally, it is also physically for 59.
3: Although I will say, physical editions of games are more likely to go on sale than hundred percent
0: true, hundred percent true. But there's no at a baseline when there's no sale happening on either. Here it's sixty sixty. I don't know why over there it's one twenty five digital.
2: I think Australia has video game problems.
0: Yeah, they got weird laws so and stuff.
2: I, one thing, I mean, I don't, I'm not up to date on any of this knowledge, but I often see like, oh, there's this game that's thirty dollars in your in your country, but it is five hundred and fifty two Australian <laughs> bucks. You know, yeah. it's like, a, like I've I've just seen lots of complaints about the Australian uh, video game. Pricing situation that I think it might be u- uniquely Australian issue because v- very much so, yeah, yeah. Even here, it's pretty one to one with the states when there's sales and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's just there's like a twenty five percent markup on Canadian dollars, yeah, or something like that. If it's sixty for you, it's probably eighty for
0: me, right? Like that. But
2: you're not. It's paying, also
3: worth yeah. mentioning that them being the same price is a little ridiculous too. Oh, I mean, no, like I the agree. pricing in general is kind of shitty. Like a digital version of a game should never be the same price or more expensive than the physical one. Yeah. All,
2: all software is a scam. But,
0: it is. They're doing know, it cause because they can. If they you if,
2: write a set of instructions and it's like one set, one type of instructions will make billions and one type of instructions everyone will shit on and make $2 or something yeah. like it's,
0: no, you're totally the you're actual
2: right. value. You know, if you Scott eats a banana and I eat a banana, we'll probably be fed to the same degree relative to our biology. You know, it's not like yeah. someone can take a banana and just make a million bananas from it, <laughs> or a million dollars from what single banana that they grew in their garden. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's no, you're right. It's IP infinitely exploitable.
0: No, it's true. But I also think that the division between digital and physical. Early in those days, I think publishers were really hesitant to to set any precedent about digital being cheaper. And yeah. the PC, you get more of that because people – it's almost all digital. Nobody, Nobody's buying discs for their computers anymore.
2: I think it just um, counts for launch nowadays, right? Like, it's not to undermine launch, but, right. like, after a year, anything <clears> goes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just – you're just going to be more flexible over there. But on consoles and stuff, it's always – Always kind of been a problem, but this is a Australian issue, specifically to this email. This is not a worldwide issue, although I'm sure some territories have similar problems. But I don't it's know why you guys different. have that. I don't I'm not an expert in it, but it's kinda effed, man.
2: It's such a it's such a weird take. You know how toilets um rotate a different way south of the equator? Yeah. That's that's real, right? It is real. No, um, that's yeah, not a is. flat earth thing. It's
0: not no, it's not real. I thought it was real. No, it's not real. Hold on. I gotta look this up. It's not that, I'm, it's not okay, that I don't have, trust John. We have
3: Australians. Australians just because The yelling. Simpsons said it doesn't mean it's true.
0: No, that's not where I heard it. No, uh, says they don't have toilets in Australia. All I know this is when is I was in true, China, when I was in China, the water went the other way, and that's not even below the equator. That was like that's like straight across from. I mean, I it's not. Sorry, I brought this up hold on flush direction in china it
2: goes the yeah, other way yeah but that
0: could be for other reasons it may not have anything to do with uh i, I don't know what the reasons would be so which direction does toilet water swirl at the equator okay There's different <laughs> hemispheres
3: it doesn't if you flush a toilet directly on the equator they all it, explode
0: uh okay it's here we to go do with the hemisphere here we go uh if you lived your life in toilet ignorance so far, you should check out the drain. Okay, myth, myth a myth which has garnered a surprising amount of attention is that the direction of your drain swirls uh, largely dependent on which hemisphere you live in. the Theory was untested, but then some dude, okay, using a kid's portable pool, blah blah blah. blah. Yeah, this this confirms John's take. I don't know why when I was in China, because which is not below the equator, so there's no equator part of this. Why the water went the other way it was probably because of i don't know like the water pulled differently or i I don't know but i but i was something i noticed i came home and went oh okay it is different and then that stuck with me and i never got written i never dumped the the myth from my head but you're right about the equator stuff. so
2: xanthanarium has i think a good response water will naturally swirl in opposite directions depending on hemisphere but some toilets induce a swirl which overrides the coriolis effect and i think The Coriolis effect is what I'm referencing. My
0: Coriolis's are both cracked and bleeding right now. It's too cold outside.
3: It's rough. Look at you powering through the show with that. Uh,
0: I do what I can. Um, All right. But what was
2: the point? The point was it's – I think you're – an Sorry, Australia. (laughs) I think you're just experiencing a bit of upside-down world. Yeah. Take it from a Canadian. We're like upside down America. Sometimes when we're talking about things like you call out sick, what the hell is that? You yeah. call in sick.
0: Yeah. Out sick. In but, sick.
2: um, you know, I think, I think I've never seen video games cheaper than online unless it was bargain bin yeah. business.
0: Yeah. It's very weird, but I think it's exclusive to your territory. Uh, all right. Send those emails. We'd love them. Talk to the core at gmail.com. You can also send us your short texts at 801-471-0462. It is time for a mashup. We are hurtling through the final part of the year. We have one here called lightsaber penis. All right. Now, Jamie, Jamie did his poll one. like usual, and the poll came out with interesting results. Currently, Scott, myself, 53% <laughs> of the vote. Bo has 39. John, a mere eight.
2: How does it feel as people believe that you would <laughs> take out your penis and pretend it's a lightsaber?
3: I don't think that that's what that reflects. I think it reflects that they don't think I would talk about it on the show.
0: Oh, I see. Well, eight percent of people think you would.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: So there's a there's somebody someplace with their toilet going I, wrong
3: I think that they're I don't think I'm the smart bet, but I like lightsabers.
0: And you like
2: penises. penises,
3: I was like, I I really walked myself into a corner with this. There was no (laughs) getting out of that.
2: With liking penises,
3: Uh, so so I think there's a decent chance that I might have said it. Yeah, I might have. Well, let's find but out. It's, I just don't think it's as good as you guys. You guys really like talking about penises. Well, let's
0: <laughs> let's find out who it was yeah. this week and whose bet Fair. was right. And uh,
3: I'll play it now. Here you go. Oh, Can I'd you lean over and lick it, like the tip of good.
0: it, Ew,
2: where the little butthole
3: is?
1: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> What's that?
2: Sometimes it it's not what we do, but it's what we do after what we do that
0: really matters. That's what my mom used to say. It's not about the dump you're taking; it's about the toilet paper you pull the right direction. She'd say,
2: "Really? Is the, the, that real? That
3: sounds real." Mom-ism, yeah, huh?
0: yeah, that's a momism. She says it's not wow. about how you poop, honey; it's how you wipe. Really? Oh yeah. When are we going to see the guy with the tall hair? Who's that guy? He's your discount um, guy. can't remember hey, his name. Hey, Hachi? No. Who's the one with the really tall hair?
3: Why do I think it's Jake?
0: I don't know. Uh, is it Jake? Oh, Paul. Oh, Paul. <laughs> Jake Paul. <laughs> <laughs> That's why.
3: You sound so disgusted by the idea of me saying Jake. You're like, no, it's not stupid, Jake. Yeah, it's Paul, John. Yeah. Come on, get with it. Why didn't you know?
2: I had a friend growing up who was half Lebanese, and he'd call me a dirty Nazi, and I'd call him a dirty leb, and that was
0: okay. A dirty leb? We were, we were oh, cool with it. Yeah. I thought you were going to go full, um, let's put it this way so it doesn't sound bad. You were going to say, moisture remover cabeza, which translated is, I'll say the two I, words Jimmy. separately, <laughs> <laughs> moisture Remover would be uh, what What do you use when you get out of the shower?
3: Oh, what I do you what Towel. Moist, yeah. so a moist towel. Okay, don't keep walking into it. You are just, I'm watching you just pick up a shovel and <laughs> yeah, just we're vigorously start
2: digging. We're, we're playing with dynamite. It's like we're three year olds and we're like, well, what is it? We start playing drums with
3: sticks of dynamite here. Everybody should be wiping. Yeah, no bow is into alternative methods. <laughs> Look,
2: I, if you want to know about my wiping, because I don't think I definitely I, do. I'm definitely going to make some listeners <laughs> mad if I talk about it here, fine. I, I, I do a little Okay. Wait. What? What's
3: a little?
1: What's a little? I don't
2: like dry wiping. Okay. Okay. So most of the time. I will. Oh. I will full. Shower. I don't have a bidet, so I will full shower after every poop. I don't like dry
3: wiping.
0: <laughs> Paul sucks. Yeah, Paul I, sucks. I don't even think the name's the worst part. I just think he's a bad character.
3: I think the hair is the worst. The part. The
0: hair is the worst part. The hair contains another character that we haven't met yet. Lesser
3: <laughs> oh, <what's your> character.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, eventually they're going to reveal who's under there. But if there was a, like a pixie in his hair called Todd that gave him advice,
2: that <laughs> Todd. Would be awesome, Paul, and then it'll be Paul and Todd. Yeah,
3: the Adventures of
0: Paul and Todd. I'm looking forward to that spinoff.
3: When you have to. Poop while we're doing the show, you have not come back with wet hair. <laughs> Yeah, no, you can just shower your ass. <laughs> like, you don't have to so, do it. Wait, so when you gone to poo during break time on the show, you poo, Soap. then Soap you run water. the shower and just stick your butt in the shower?
2: Yeah, leave the shirt on, fold it up over my head, whip the pants down, clean the butt. I don't even back. know what to I, say. I can't sit here knowing there's, like, skid mark juice in there. It's
0: got to be clean. Yeah, he's a good-looking guy. You'd make out with him, right? Yeah, I yeah. think so. You'd touch wieners.
3: <laughs> I think so. I don't Bo, know, Bo would yeah. touch
0: wieners. Of course you. I
1: don't.
3: <laughs> I it don't Depends like the, on what led up to the kiss, really. But. Maybe.
0: What if he said, no. Bo, I want to play lightsaber penis. Do you want to play that? Ah, with me? Probably not. Okay. All great. right. I'm just, I just want to know how but far like
2: that go. would If a girl came up to me and said, I want to play lightsaber
0: penis, I'd be like, I well, don't know about this person.
2: Ridiculous. <laughs> well, that would be weird, <laughs> though, because... One person with the lightsaber.
0: Right. That's a single lightsaber. <laughs>
3: Still play lightsaber penis with one lightsaber. <laughs> don't you guys know the rules? Yeah, but then you, what is she there for? You can yeah, do that by she? yourself without the girl asking you.
2: Yeah, what is... Well, so you, you can play solitaire
3: version as well. <laughs> like, this (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: i don't remember any of that discussion yeah i don't remember i mean i i almost feel like i got ai duped like somebody made an ai fake conversation about us
2: i think there's some cutting in there i i think
0: We'll definitely. I think their
2: first little bit where John's like, please lick it, and you're like, what, the butthole? I feel like those are two different
1: contexts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I feel like those are two different conversations that got put together into one line. I don't have any
0: memory of any of it, but thank you, Jamie, for keeping history alive and uh doing these. we got more leading up to the end of the year, and I'm very excited about them. Big thanks to him. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for today's show. I'd like to thank some patrons who joined since we last spoke: Doug, Kenneth, Ivan, yes. and Casual Terror. I think we already mentioned him last week, but I'm throwing no, him in again.
2: Ivan the Casual Terror?
0: No, I just Casual Terror by himself. I think I. I oh, think,
2: oh, yeah. I think I had yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, we did. Casual Terror. Yeah, casual, casual
0: terror. He was uh, here last week, but you know what? I'll say your name twice. I don't mind if you want to be like these guys. Never get commercials. Get pre-show content every day or every uh, week. And come monthly wow. benefits. I oh, know, every day.
3: Woo. got promising big.
0: Yeah, sometimes. Uh, and also some occasional bonus stuff that you just don't get anywhere else. Go check it out. That's at patreon.com slash core show. And uh, if you're looking for the website with everything else there, you can find it at frogpants.com slash core. I think that's it. We have anything else to... Oh, we're going to work on some kind end of end-of-year stuff. Uh, we probably should do that this week just <laughs> to come up with our plan for like what the format of it will be, but... You know mm. our favorite uh, games we finished, our favorite games we played but didn't finish. I don't know whatever the categories are going to be. I just
2: start looking through your catalog. You both have this tally running of who finished the most games. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I got to put the tally
3: together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've lost. I'm yeah. sure it's fine.
2: I think we. What did we do the year before? We we picked our favorite games in certain categories.
3: Yeah, we yeah may I think have we had. all just created categories we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Like okay. I think I think we just did specific categories for us.
2: Yeah, it like may have been a little Best games we didn't play. Best games we did
0: play. It was maybe a little game scattered, games. so this time we'll be less scattered. I don't know. We'll talk about it. But we but we, yeah,
2: we can look at what we did.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I wanna I'd love to hear people at home and their thoughts on the games that you know, that they loved. So let us know via email or whatever, because we'd love to hear some yeah. of that and read some of it on the show. I think that's gonna do it for us. Thank you all for listening, for being here, hanging out with us. And uh, hope you're all having a decent uh, December so far, this 1st of December 2022. For me, for Bo, for John, and for all of you, we'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes, get more at frogpants.com.